Milwaukee's MX Fuel Equipment System revolutionizes the light equipment market by delivering the performance and durability demanded by the trades. From the MX Fuel Cutoff Saw to the MX Fuel Tower Light, MX Fuel has you covered without the hazards associated with emissions, noise, vibrations, and the frustrations of petrol maintenance. MX Fuel Equipment System, equipment redefined. Attention sports fans, planning an overseas trip to catch your favorite games? Look no further than sports where I am. They've got it all. League schedules, trustworthy tickets, and over 200 cities to choose from, all conveniently on one website. Plus, as an Australian company, they know the importance of great customer service for those long-haul journeys. So visit sportswhereiam.com and start planning your dream sports trip today. Sports Where I Am, your ticket to an unforgettable sports travel experience. Righto, let's get into the show. No, we just start real natural, mate. We don't, I don't go, welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hands are too long here. Fuck, hold the hands. It's freezing oh. in Melbourne. I'm back from Sydney. Jeez, it's been a rough start since I got back. <laughs> got back, got, the, got to the airport. My uncle picked me up, Dazza, drive me home. I go, imagine I get home and my car doesn't start. What do you reckon happened? Well, judging by what I saw you roll up in today, I'm hoping that your car didn't start and that thing's a replacement. Oh, the old man's got this old Astra and I, he's in Bali at the moment. I said, mate, I'm still in the Astra because the Johnny the Jeep is cool. He's throwing your dad under the bus and it's his. I go, mate, any any chance of, uh, any danger of giving it a run? Because obviously I was in Sydney for a, yeah, a yeah. bigger stint than I thought. He goes, well, if you left the keys, I might have. I was spraying him. I'm like, oh, that's a fair point. I had the keys on me. You were living large in Sydney as well. You oh, would have thought this was, you were living the life of someone that I would imagine to be like one of those influencers. Or like, you know, when you see Drake and he goes around and he's doing like, he's playing on some private basketball court, he's off at the club, they're bringing out the bottles. That's what your little foray into Sydney was. It was a pretty like wholesome trip. I was working, I was yeah. playing basketball, training the boys at Vertice, my mates Callet and Botsy, they own the vodka soda and great guys. That, that was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. We did a bit of work, got Colin in Perth, come over. Yeah. Um, he's, I haven't seen him for like a year and a half, believe he's it or not. Kind of, he's my business partner for Ricks. Yeah, yeah. So like I hadn't seen him in actual person. You do that many phone calls. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, well, we've got the, the boys went to Bali. So yeah, they, um, they had he's the probably been there. siphoning off cash, mate. Oh yeah. Well, he's doing something. <laughs> that's, what, that's what he wanted to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good, mate. It's good. And it's back here. So back to Melbourne and, uh, it's straight in the Astra. <laughs> driving <laughs> down, oh man, driving down South Yarra in that Astra. It's, and it, it doesn't stoke, just when you warm it up. Did you see the looks we were getting pulling up in a van? <laughs> And there's a lady with a Range Rover just pulling into her apartment, looking out as if we are the devil. <laughs> <laughs> We're ready to rob the joint. So I am just just to prove a point. I'm going to rob the joint on the way out. <laughs> Don't well, assume mate, the uh, the looks I'm getting in this Astra because it doesn't it doesn't start. So you got to go like it goes. And you got to like rev it for about five yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way you kept storming down here, I thought it was a Maserati. <laughs> down the end of the anyway, show. we're here and we're ready to go. So uh, now, welcome to the podcast, mate. I've been uh, keen to get you on. Everyone right now is going, oh, Tommy's getting the batchy on. and that, Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe, but uh, some of them probably don't realise that you're a superstar at basketball and you've got a pretty cool story. And actually one that I'm interested in because the, the, the junior pathway yeah. Is something that I'm not really familiar with going through another sport, but really interested in. And the game's growing so much down here. It's fucking so good. Um, so, yeah, pretty keen to tap into pretty much your career growing up. You obviously played college, NBL. You're in the um, the eyes of the public with doing some stuff on TV and the Batchy will get to that and some lessons you've learned and obviously <laughs> the media work you're doing now. So, uh, yeah, talk to us about where it all started and, um, you know, when did you realise that you were pretty good at basketball? 
Yeah, well, it all started, um, obviously, as it always does. The parents bought me a hoop when I was just out of control. I've got a, a brother and a sister, and I remember when I was younger looking in, uh, they've got a bookshelf in the office, and it's not as grandiose as it sounds there. It's an old rackety bookshelf. But there's a, a whole bunch of books, and, like, my sister got, like, a 95 ATAR or something like that. Brother's incredibly smart. I'm just the black sheep. <laughs> but there was all these books, like, you know, diagnosing autism in a child, how to deal with a problem child. And I'm like, well, it ain't about them. So I was pretty out of control when I was younger and uh, they've got me a basketball hoop and, you know, it was the best thing that probably could have happened for me because with my sort of energy and and all over the place, anything could have happened yeah. at that point. So they signed me up for basketball, started with the uh, school stuff and was doing like hoop time and all of that. And, the thing, and it's still a bone I have to pick that I was never in the top team in hoop time. They had like amateurs, future stars, and then elite. And I was always in the future stars. Yeah. And and I've hated that program ever since, and I hope it burns. Well, that's what (laughs) they always say, though. The Jordans of the world only get picked. You know what I mean? It's a a little test. They're testing you as a young fellow, and you've responded. Yeah, I'm still pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you failed it. Jordan got over it. I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) No, but yeah, I played for the Melbourne Tigers, which was cool because it was right near – where I was, we lived right across the road. Where'd you grow up? MZAC, South Melbourne. Oh, nice. So, yeah, real rough streets of South Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, real, you've done it tough. Yeah, yeah. real rags to rags story here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, riches to rags. It goes the opposite <laughs> way around. But, no, yeah, it was right there. And a lot of guys from school played out there as well. And it was just a real, you know, I love the club. Still play for them in the seniors at the moment. But, yeah, you got a real strong connection to them. Yeah, beautiful. When do you get? When do you start playing for the Tigers? At what age? It would have been... Oh shit! I'm chocking with ages, but it would have been like under twelve. Under- it would have been like under under elevens was the first proper okay. year. So I was doing like domestic basketball and just the school stuff before that, and then the Tigers was under elevens, and everyone from that team, which included Dyson Heppel's brother Aaron Heppel, who was the best player on the team by yeah country mile, but um. Yeah, that was the sort of that was all the beginning of the Tigers stuff. Yeah, right. There you go. So they, they go right, but that's great, and that's back then. So it'd only be probably doing under sixes right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and mate, that, they do everything, and, yeah. and it's crazy. Like nowadays, it's so much different. So much different. Like we were rolling around in like the gays' shoes, the twenty five dollar, <laughs> like just nothing. Like if someone wore a sleeve, everyone from every court would be looking at like, what is this kid doing nowadays? Yeah. Like if you go down, like sometimes I'm down there on a Sunday and you see the kids playing neon shoes everywhere. You've got yeah. every accessory in the book. It's just crazy. And there's, I've got no, there's nothing wrong with it. It's cool. Yeah. Accessorize, go nuts kids. But it's just so much different than what it was when I was a kid. Like even the training jerseys, man, they're like rags. Yeah. Yeah. Oh mate, you just remind me of the Gazy. <laughs> mate, Gazy's one of my favorites and you know him very well. Yeah. I'm really keen to talk to him. He's even on the, I love the bounce. Like the bounce is probably the coolest show. Like when he's on there and he's yeah, yeah. even pulled up the gaze he's on that. He got him out. Mate, he is there – is, there is not – I'm confident in saying there is not a single person in I would say even world sport that has had the career that he's had, five Olympic Games, legend of Australian basketball, NBA championship winner, that gives back to the sport as much as he does and for free – he yeah. doesn't accept a dollar. He coaches the youth league team at Melbourne. He coaches the NBL one team. He doesn't accept a dollar. And he comes into those practices. Like you might listen to him on SEN and he's you know, ah, ah, oh, sit, so that's sitting a- on the fence. He comes in there. Ruthless. Ruthless. Oh, really? Ruthless. We were up, I think we were up 14 points in the game last weekend. And there's six seconds to go. A kid fouls. Gazy, fuck. Ah, shit. Fuck. Really? Going nuts. Pirouette. Going crazy. And, and that's the sort of passion that he has. That's great. And it's unbelievable. And then he runs a brand that gives, you know, cheaper basketball shoes to um, to kids and stuff like that. Like just unbelievable. I, I don't think there's there's not a single person 
you know, outside of my my parents that I would speak as highly of. Yeah, I would say as a human being than Andrew Gaze for sure. Oh, he's a superstar. Uh, well, that's that's great. That is great. Yeah. You know, frugal the, bloke as well. I'll tell you, oh, we, we is he? Oh, he's frugal. Oh, he's oh, frugal. Oh, he's frugal. I can't <laughs> have frugal blokes. <laughs> no, 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 I love Gaze. If no. it, I need it. I need it. He needs to sort that. My one favorite out. one. We were on a China trip with him, and and also we're just incredibly entertaining bloke to be on any sort of international trip with. But we're in China. <laughs> And he goes, he shows like a text from his wife that says, don't you dare buy any more of those fake polos. And he's going, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's bought a whole set of like, I think it was like 10 Under Armour fake polos or something like that. Like, Casey, you can afford Tommy Hilfiger. You're out here, yeah. <laughs> You're out here buying the knockoffs. Maybe the old Gazy's aren't selling that well. <laughs> They're only in every bloody store. He made, he made a mozza off it. Like, I think they do really well. Oh, they would have. I mean, like, everyone bought them back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah. I remember the best and less, everyone went in, grabbed yeah, a pair. Yeah, Even if you w- didn't wear them, you just wanted to grab the gaze. Yeah. Oh, but because the best thing was, like, when you went to his basketball camp as a kid mm. and you brought home the thing for 25 bucks, parents were like, yes, just get yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. Fine. Get three. We're not paying 200 bucks for these Nikes that you're going to grow out of anyway. Yeah. Like, kids grow out of shoes so quick. I think it was the N1. Smart. I was rocking the N1s when I used to play. Oh, as God, the N1s, man. I saw, so did you watch that? There was a thing on Netflix, The Rise and Fall of N1. No, I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, good. Good, worth watching. But I remember those that were chunky, yeah, big. Like that was, chunky. but that's what everyone wore back then. And now it's these, you know, three hundred and fifty dollar Jarmorants and all those sort of neon things and stuff mm. like that. Like there was a bit of red on the and ones, and that was like, oh shit, look yeah. at me. Yeah, I know. If I wore the Jordans all day. I mean, I had a spare pair of Jordans for that pickup game. In, uh, <laughs> in I tell you what, they. Uh, they- they didn't do much for me. <laughs> I did hit a couple of threes, but I tell you, no, just they didn't do much for it's me. Like you'd been drinking a bit of the vodka side of merch <laughs> yeah. before you got out there. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Actually, I actually think that was why. Uh, very good. So, Gazy coached you throughout as a junior. Yeah, yeah. So, Gazy had I, I had some great. I was so lucky to have fantastic coaches my whole way through basketball. Like you get horror stories in any sport, but I had coaches who are still to this day I'm in contact with almost every single one through under 11s all the way through to college and professional. That's Got unreal. a great relationship with everyone, which not many people are able to say, but Gazy had me from under 16s, bottom age, so under 15s all the way through to the end, uh, under 18s, and then coaches me now with yeah. the Tigers again. So what are, you, what are you doing right? What league are you in right now before I go back? NBL 1. It's like the- That's v- the one below NBL. Yeah, one below NBL. So yeah. it's like the VFL equivalent. So you're still equivalent. pushing for an NBL, NBL no, no, spot? No, no, no. Oh, no, no you're not just, at all. Just, you're just not playing at all. No, no, no. The, if the game's on a Sunday for me, I'm cast. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a serious statistical drop-off <laughs> yeah. with me with Sunday games. Right, but so no, you're no, just no. playing because you love the game. I'm just playing because, look, they've still got the Tigers license and the ultimate dream is to get that back to the NBL. But- You've got to win games. You've got to play. So, like, I'm playing for free. Gazy's coaching for free. We don't have a huge amount of cash. Yeah, gotcha. So, it's, we're sort of just trying to compete in the NBL one and hopefully in, you know, whether it be five, ten years, the club's been able to build itself up where maybe, you know, dream scenario, you can have another crack mm. at an NBL license being that third team in Melbourne. Yeah, that's a great shout. That's awesome. Yeah, well, I was a Tigers fan growing up, so it's, yeah. yeah There's you, a huge you, amount out there. Yeah, well, you forget, you forget that. There's been so much, you know, I think even back in the day, was it Titans? Or, yeah, yeah. Um, Titans, the Liberty Giants made a yeah, brief appearance. Yeah, there's heaps, there's heaps. <laughs> They've all changed. So back to um, back to 16-year-old yourself or 15 probably, um, what were some of the things that Gazy's taught you that still stands out? Like, you know, when you're a kid and you go, oh, I just – Don't I'll, talk I'll, back to someone who's achieved more than you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, he, did, he didn't teach that at all, but he was always – Gazy carries himself with this sort of respect level where it's like, mate, I've done this. Like, you don't talk back. Like, I've, I've done this, mate. I went to five Olympics. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, that is awesome. And I learned that. And I, I think it has carried through. Like, you look at 
you know, you, you have that respect for people that have been there and done that, and whether that's in broadcasting now or whatever it is. So I think as you did instill a bit of that, but also just the hard work nature of the, the bloke. Like it's this guy, you can see why he was so good mm. because he, he goes straight from SEN, straight into basketball and it's that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to put like obviously a lot of basketball related stuff, moving off the ball, all that stuff that'll bore the audience. But yeah, I, I think just that just general, just grit and determination that he's lived his life with. Yeah, that's great. How much tape do you watch at that young age? Oh, not much. Not much. Yeah, film isn't a huge thing. So more on court sort of coaching. Age. It's more on court. Yeah, yeah. So he'll just blow the whistle and go, "Oh, see where you're standing. Come here, watch this." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Redo it. And the, and the thing about Gazy is he's so good at teaching that shuffle offense. What he ran as a junior and obviously ran as a pro at the Tigers, and that teaches you so many different aspects of basketball. So I was lucky to grow up in that system because you learn all these like you know UCLA cuts and all these different things in basketball. A lot of kids these days miss out on. Mm. And it's funny even playing because that offense used to be used everywhere. The coaches of every team know exactly what's coming because they ran it as a kid. They coached against it, but the, the guys we're playing against have no idea because it's a new generation. Yes. So the coaches are sitting there going, fuck, like, he's going <laughs> to yeah, cut, he's going to yeah, cut. Yeah. <laughs> Straight there. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, but I reckon, Gazy, I'd love to see him get another shot at uh, the NBL. Would he want a coach? No, nah, I don't reckon he would. I don't reckon he'd want an NBL job just because it's, you know, he's living stress-free, yeah. he's good to go. But um, if he had a young team, I think the team he had in Sydney was a shocker, man. You've got some of the, the hardest blokes to coach and assemble them all in one team, and he got that. It was a disaster. But if you gave him like a like a Cairns or something like that, a young team that respected who he was and all that sort of stuff, I reckon he'd be flying. Yeah. I reckon he'd be great. Is he? Do you ever speak to him about that? Like when he finished up coaching not long ago, like does he was oh, he a bit flat with it? We've had. Oh, I think he was. Uh, I think he was. Everyone sort of knew what the situation was there. And look, they actually they, they played all right. Like they made a run. You know, they made well, they've kind of gone pretty well. Like they've, they've gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've gone well after, since he's left. But that's we know that that's not just you know overnight. There's a lot of work that's done. No, before they got that. some good players. Like Xavier Cooks mm. playing in the NBA now. Now he's a guy that I reckon within the next two three years will be a giddy type name. Really? Xavier Cooks. I reckon he's going to have a massive NBA career. Yeah, that's great. Prototype guy, set to go. He's going to be huge. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, Gazy interests me so much, and they're, they're all the kind of guys that you're, you know, even talking to Anstey the other, like, yeah, few yeah. weeks ago. Like, he's <laughs> all those guys were the guys coming out to the camps when we were playing basketball yeah. as a young kid under 16, under, sorry, under 12s, under 14s. Um, it's sometimes lost on you. Like, it's lost on me sometimes now where it's like, man, this is like the greatest basketball we've ever had. And I'm just getting yelled at him on a Tuesday after yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You sort of, you, you sort of sometimes got to remind yourself like, Hey, there's, and it, sometimes you get reminded when you go and play away games and everyone's coming up for photos and all of that sort of stuff. Like he's still, he's got so much pull. He's one of the most likable blokes. So he's, he's got all that stuff going for him and you get reminded like, yeah, they're not here to watch us. <laughs> what's something that he, easy. what's one of the most basic things that he teaches the team? Like you said about determination, hard work, bit of the shuffle, oh. but- in terms of you had, if you had to get one thing as a coach, it'd be just given a hundred percent, like intensity. His thing is effort. Yeah, because he does. So, and if you look at the way that Gazy played, it was meticulous. You know, every cut is bang. And it's even I remember playing a domestic game with him. I filled in for a Monday night team and played against him, and he would have given me thirty. Yeah, he probably gave me twenty something, but it was like every backdoor cut, bang, and he was old as old as shit at this stage. Yeah, wow, and that sort of stuff. So I think it's just giving a hundred percent on every single play, even the little things. Like for me, it's like sometimes I'll just waft off to the corner. It's like, man, I just want to shoot a three. Yeah, I just want to shoot a three and go and get a beer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, all yeah. I want to do. And he would say, and he'd be like, "Fucking drive, cut, rack, rack, rack. yeah, yeah." But God, yeah, some of the sprays are all time. That's awesome. Any, time. Uh, any more sprays? Yeah. Oh, what did we have? My favorite one was actually last night. He gave us one. He was like. 
we, we like messed up a drill, which in my defense, Gazy explained the drill incredibly poorly. <laughs> <And> <laughs> no one's got the balls to say, hey, hey uh, uh, Mr. Gaze, I think that yeah. you might have messed they up when you go, said it. Are we, all, are we all clear? And everyone's going around going, <laughs> no, no. nah, but I'm not going to be the one. <laughs> no, one's got, no one's got any idea. All right, break. <laughs> so he puts you and he's like, you idiots. You idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I want to come down and watch training. Oh, mate, oh. you'd have to. You'd have I'd to love the- to watch a game. Oh, when are they on? Like, are they on every- yeah, yeah, yeah. So we play, well, this week we're in Bendigo Friday and then we play on um, Sunday as well. But they're usually over the weekend. Down at MSAC, just roll in. Yeah, we have one. Of, our home court is uh, MSAC on the show courts, but yeah. it's, it's fucking hilarious when we're at like Nutterwadding and the, there's like all these kids behind the bench. So Drew's got to be a little bit more- Oh, he can't carry on a bit. You can't go nuts, but at home- there's nothing behind our bench. The stands are on the other side. Oh, so he goes off. So he can lay in. That's a, yeah, that, So you better play well at home. Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, that's good intel. That's good intel. If yeah. you good one, if you mic'd him up, it'd be hilarious. Yeah, it'd be good. I want to get him on here. I, yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've always loved his work. I reckon, he actually, he, I reckon he'd do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he would. I, I saw um I'm trying to think. Dan Gorringe put it up on his Dan Does Footy podcast. Did you see? Oh, he's a hilarious. Did you see see Gazy doing his turn it up segment? And he's and he's he slipped the tongue and he's gone. Oh yeah, he's going to get the biggest dick or something like that. The biggest. Dick, oh, and he's like, oh, then he meant to say something else, and like, and then the and then he's blaming the chili because he had a little yeah. bit of chili. He's like, oh, chief, a little bit of chili, <laughs> like that is yeah. like, man, oh, hilarious. Yeah. Naturally, naturally funny dude. Oh, like, just yeah. doesn't need to, yeah, to yeah. ham it up or anything. Just oh, naturally funny. very good. And he, he's like a fan favorite on a show that he clearly has. Yeah. Looks like he's got no idea about footy, but he's just he just knows how to talk. Yeah, shit. yeah. Oh, mate, he's one of the most naturally funny blokes you'll ever meet. Like, yeah, there's people you're just around and they'll just like observe something and. Say, Start talking yeah. about it, you're like, fuck, that's hilarious. Does he tell you any stories from back in the day? Obviously, he would have played against some superstars. Oh, yeah, a little bit, but we kind of just sort of get in there and practice. Yeah, and so it's more about you yeah, guys. yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get. Oh, he told them when I commentated the. Um, I hosted the final series for the NBL, and Gazy, Jack Heverin, and uh, Liam Santa Maria were doing the play-by-play and special comments there. And some of the stories on the way back, like in the bus, like I won't repeat them. Yeah, yeah, but of course. Just hilarious about awesome. like just the all the things they used to do. Like Derek Rucker that used to play in the NBL was an MVP. He was on the commentary team as well. And the bus back from the court to the hotel was hilarious. Like they even Derek Rucker talking about like, you know, someone was doing a fitness test before the game and he's like, fitness test? Shit, I was fucking drunk one day. <laughs> hey, how are you doing a fitness test? Like it was just yeah, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, like it was yeah. just a, it was a whole different world. Different but most, mostly for the better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. Well, it's like every, it's yeah, like yeah. every, every, um, every sport. Talk to me about college. Like, how do you, as you're coming through the ranks, where I think we were last chatting about you when you're under 16s, but when do you start to get recruited or what is the pathway? Like, if you were 16 right now, where do you, you want to go to NBA? Is that, yeah, is that everyone's dream? If you can't get there, where do you go before there? Talk to me about, the pathway. Yeah, well, everybody, obviously, NBA is the major goal for everyone. And the coolest thing is now it's achievable. Yeah. Like, people are watching. Like, back in the days of Shane Hill and, and Gazy, you'd be hard-pressed, like, to be able to even crack a roster. These guys were international superstars and still couldn't crack it into the NBA. So, the NBA is definitely the main goal. And there's it's achievable for everyone now. Well, obviously, within reason, yeah. you still got to be you, you <laughs> yeah. got to be very well, good. Be yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Jim, <laughs> Jimmy, who's in the 18 threes, like, maybe you, you, maybe. <laughs> Start looking at that accounting degree. But um, <laughs> yeah, you definitely want, like, that, that's the goal. But in order to get there, it used to be college was sort of the, the only- degree's got me. The, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Bob, Bob from accounts receivable. It wasn't, it wasn't the fucking knee injury, man. <laughs> I caught one of those chats the other day. I caught the worst chat. This bloke was like, yeah, I did my knee. I was, you know, like, I look at all the guys in the NBA now, and I'm like, I'm looking down at him going, what the are you on about? Um, but yeah, college is the main- 
pathway. Well, now the NBL is with this Next Stars program and stuff, mm. guys are going. But if you want to have fun, <laughs> college is the yeah. the way to go. So I was lucky. I went to the IAS, which at that point was the only sort of pathway to get to college or the main pathway. Yeah. Now there's so many different options. But when I was doing it, it was the AAS. So went there, played in the two world championships. Which How old were you at the point? I was 18. 18. 18 when I went to the AAS. Yep. So it was after school at Wesley. And uh, from there got recruited, was going to stay over here in the NBL, but then ended up wanting to go over there. So just got recruited from a whole bunch of different schools. Eventually, uh, Eastern Washington was the choice. Went there for the visit. Absolutely loved it. And, you know, best decision I've ever made in my life. But the, the AAS is the sort of spot where you want to go to if you want to be one of those top sort of tier How many people programs. were in the AAS program with you? Uh, there was about, I think it was 10 of us. So there's not many. No, no, no. There wasn't yeah. many. It was like Dante, Ben Simmons was there for the start of it. Yeah. Um, Jack McVeigh, a whole bunch of guys are playing the NBL now and a few that have sort of dropped off and done other things. <laughs> <laughs> a few of the government wasted their hard earned on. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, head back to accounts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yet. We'll give it a few more. Um, good crew, though. Yeah. The, the, the names that you oh, just it was mentioned. Great, man. It was fantastic. You still keep in contact with all those yeah, boys? Yeah, yeah. Like Dante, Dante's my best mate. Yeah. Uh, Mirko Jerick, another guy that plays. Jack McVeigh. Keep in touch with everyone. Like basketball's given me all of my best mates. And some of the some of the times we had there were unbelievable. Like yeah. I remember my um, first night at the AAS. So there was this, it had come back from China, but it was a double-ended rubber fist that was in. Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't walk straight for the rest of the week. No. And, and it was in, in one of it was in the it was in one of the pods, which are the housing pods. Anyway, the rowers are there, the netballers are there, everything like that. My first night, I'm getting chased around by Mirko, this bloke, with the rubber fist, and I'm going, they come out, the house parents come out and go, shut up. Shut up, we get in trouble for getting chased around with a rubber fist for the, my first night at the AS, which sort of summed up the rest of my basketball career from there. But the rowers were trying to get to sleep. So, no, it was it was a while. But that was the last stage of the AS when there was multiple sports staying there. That's pretty cool how you could, yeah, multiple sports. Yeah. You would have met some other, well, you did just, meet some other people from other sports. Yeah, yeah there was netball, um, women's oh. basketball. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. That's why he was on The Bachelor. Oh, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> there was yeah, rowers. Yeah. For some reason, <laughs> I was distracted. Um, no, there was like netball, women's basketball, um, rowing, athletics. I think soccer. Yeah, some athletics people, mostly Canberra-based. And yeah. then I think soccer was already in the camps yeah. basing. Now they all just do camps and stuff, which is sort of, you know, you lose a bit of that that atmosphere but like the dining hall and stuff like that like that was super fun mm. that was absolutely loved it yeah it's almost like a mini Australian you know Olympics yeah. team really like the next generation coming through yeah 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 it would have been good fun oh, I've been there it's just a pity it's in I mean no no, no disrespect to Canberra but I guess that's why it's there so there's no distractions yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, probably, you, we found some <laughs> <laughs> Mooseheads yeah Mooseheads was great and I remember yeah god there's, there's some wild stories of nights I remember when I turned 18 we had my key pass flicked over to where you could actually leave outside of curfew when you when you were 18. So oh, you could right. go out and the first night, 18, like bang, hits midnight. We're like, we're out. I go out the sliding doors, like, you know, those revolving doors and my key pass goes out the pocket and it gets wedged between where I can get back in oh, no. and the exit. So it's just sitting and we got this hilarious photo somewhere of just me like sitting on the outside, my jeans and jacket, getting ready to meet the guys and then like Dante and stuff laughing on the inside because no one could get the pass. Oh, wow. So I was done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're, they're good times. So you've gone to Washington, um, say it again, the full name. Eastern, <laughs> Eastern so Washington It sounds much Eagles. cooler when I just say Washington. Yeah, yeah. Um, Eastern Washington University. So University. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before that, I, I like the um, – 
one probably my favorite basketball memory outside of the um, college stuff, which was just mostly off court. <laughs> sort of antics was the world championships, world championships, because you get to play against, you know, like some of the best players in the world. And like, I distinctly remember my two main memories from that is one switching onto um, Jabari Parker when he was playing and he literally laughed. Like I switched out on him. He goes, (laughs) and then just drives straight to the rim and scores. And I'm like, Fuck. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> this is just demeaning. Yeah. And then playing against Serbia. Yeah, I heard and, about this one. Yeah, Jokic. Jokic is on the bench. And we're like, this dude's no good. They had a really good center that was there. And we're like, if he subs in, attack him. He's no good. What was it? Like, I, I, I have that- no idea what happened. I have no idea how he could have gone from being like, we're talking like just, it was just big. And so he's like, Jokic, what you see now with no skill. That's what he was like. It's crazy. Maybe he has done a mountain of work, but it's just, it's hard to steroids. imagine. Yeah. Something's <laughs> going on there. Steroids. Have you seen the, <laughs> the rig sloppier than yeah, mine? It's, got bad ones. <laughs> it's uh, that's crazy. So you're yeah. playing against, you know, Nikola Jokic and he's sitting on the pine. So you didn't. On the pine. Didn't I'm get to- playing more minutes than Jokic. That's bizarre. Talk about the trajectories of life. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool though, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. At the time, like. You obviously tell that story now, but when did you start telling that one? Like, it would have been oh, oh as, soon as, as soon as he started getting good. And I'll yeah. ham it up every year from now on. I'll be like, man, man. And then we were at the hotel afterwards talking. And I was, I was telling him, I was like, Nicola, you need to lock in, man. You need to lock in. You can be great. Like, he- I see MVPs in your future. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't believe it, man. I don't believe it. Did you shake his hand after the game? Do you remember like all that kind of stuff? Well, I don't remember him because it was like you weren't worried. I was worried oh. about uh, Vasilje Micic, who was like the he plays in the top Serbian league, but he was like the man on that team. That's crazy. And Guy Malloy's got a really good story. I think it's Guy Malloy that tells his story about when they played Spain and he goes like Rudy Fernandez was the man for Spain and they were, the whole time was spent scouting Rudy Fernandez. Like we need to stop this guy. They get into the halftime. They've kept Rudy Fernandez to like nine points, which is unbelievable in that sense. And they're looking down the stat sheet and he's like, can someone keep this fucking Gasol guy off the boards? <laughs> and it's Power Gasol. <laughs> That's crazy. So you get a whole bunch of those guys where you don't know that they're going to be great, but then they sort of come out of nowhere. Like Jamal Murray was playing for um, Canada and, you know, he was good, but he wasn't amazing. Yeah. And now look at well, him Well, I now. saw that. They, they were playing together in some game. Yeah, the Hoop Summit. Yeah. yeah oh, that's yeah. the Hoop Summit. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Isn't yeah, it? fuck! I was stiff to miss out. <laughs> yeah. I, was, oh, I would have thought my three points average to the world. So you're a three point specialist, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. But the worst thing for me was I was a three point specialist before there was Steph Curry and everyone was shooting him. So my career trajectory went like shit. I was on every team because I could shoot the three ball like incredibly well. So oh. I was on. I was making Australian teams. Like I was making the Australian team bottom eight. So I was making the age group above. Like after the under seventeen World Championship, I went straight to the under nineteen World Championship because I was the only shooter. So if the team went into a zone. Yeah, get old hairy legs in there. And I remember the zone buster was like what my nickname was around there. That is so good. And then Steph Curry comes along just as I'm finishing college. Every I get over to, to the pro stuff at United, every motherfucker can shoot. Yeah. I'm like a one-trick pony. Now yeah. I'm like, it was like I feel the equivalent of how like lawyers and stuff feel with like chat GPT coming in. Like oh, yeah. that's what happened. Like all of a sudden everyone's shooting. And I'm like, oh, well, I can't do any of this other shit. That is unbelievable. <laughs> wasted is, four years. That is, yeah. <laughs> I would have learned to dribble yeah. if someone had told me this would happen. That's that's brilliant. That is yeah, so yeah. good. I didn't know. Yeah, it's it's. So you're just yeah. ahead of your time. Yeah, yeah I was it's almost mate. like you're ahead of your time, but you're unlucky. Yeah, yeah. I've I missed a lot of things in life just by like a year. Yeah, that is. Oh, mate, I'm with you. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. Three point specialist. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, college. Talk to me about it. The experiences. Like you know, it's, it's, every every kid that yeah watches 
American Pie. Pie. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell people that. I but say, like, seriously, you're watching these, yeah. you go, can't be. And then you speak to blokes like you Mate, and you go, nah, it's like that. It is genuinely yeah. like American Pie. And the people that say it's not, well, they're probably playing pro sports somewhere because they focused in and just went in the gym, worked out, went to the court. I was going everywhere. Like we used to have, I remember we, so we would play on a Thursday and a Saturday and we'd play the Thursday game and we'd go down to this place called Eagles Pub and we'd drink this stuff called Gator's Piss. It was 50 cents a shot, Gator Piss. And we'd just be like, man, there's like three other dudes on the team. And at this point I was starting and averaging like 16, 8, 17 points. Like I was playing a lot of time. But we were taking these Gator Piss shots and we'd just be absolutely canned and you'd wake up at like, you know, 2 p.m. on the, the next day and then you'd just roll into practice and be ready to go. Sweat it out, play the like, next day. Yeah, yeah, sweat it out, play the next day. Like it was just, I can't even imagine doing that now or even players getting away with that sort of stuff now. Yeah. Like, I, Well, the, the, the phones wouldn't have been out then. Well, no, it was, it was Instagram had just sort of come out, but no one was um, sort of filming stuff. But yeah, college in general was just so fucking wild. And the best thing that I did was go to a public school. And go to a coach who was just like, you know, he was one of the toughest coaches you will ever find. Like we had to do, my favorite punishment was when someone messed up, they would have to run to the Holiday Inn in the snow, like in the in the like freezing cold snow. He's like, fuck it, training jersey on, go. And then the coach would go and make sure you ran there and come back. And we had this dude on our team called Danny Powell. Now, to this day, I have no idea where Danny is. <laughs> And I hope that he's well. And I say this legitimately, I hope that he's well because he came from some rough parts and like the dude, like white dude, he was Arizona basketball player of the year. And our coach was like, none of these other schools want him, man. There must be nothing wrong with this kid. <laughs> There's a reason that Arizona basketball player of the year is coming to Eastern Washington because um, he's nuts. And this dude, like I, I still can't get over some of these stories. Like he walked into class one day, like he was jacked. And we later found out that he was taking like HGH or something like that. Like he was taking steroids wow. and he walked into class with his shirt off. Like jacked with his shirt off, and the teacher's like, "Danny, put a shirt on." He's like, "Oh, nah, man, nah." <laughs> and we're just like what, like a freshman, like what the fuck is going on? And he'd do stuff like that. Like I remember we got our scholarship checks, which was like we just got cash in an envelope, and you'd have to go to the bank and put it in. And we had a game the next day, and then uh, coach was like, "Don't do anything stupid." We roll past to go get dinner. We see Danny in the tattoo shop, getting like seagulls tatted all, like Super Mario seagulls tatted all over his chest. And it's just like, what the fuck is this dude doing? <laughs> and, and I could roll on Danny's stories all day that long. Like, so I'll, I'll give you one more. Well, you know when you have scout team, like you're playing the other team and you've got to play the role that the other team plays. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you to do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tommy, right, so, I mean, um, you're yeah. going to be uh, Brent Harvey and Ryan Crowley. You've yeah. got to- <laughs> Righto, no worries. I'm playing twos. <laughs> so Danny's playing this guy who's a non-shooter, all right? The guy can't shoot threes. Yeah. First play. They pass it to Danny. He shoots it from like four feet outside the three-point line. Coach like, hey, Danny, 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 you're a non-shooter. Like, don't shoot the ball. He's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next player gets to him. <laughs> he shoots the ball again, loads it up from three, and everyone's like, Danny, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, I ain't that dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm Danny. <laughs> and we're just like, you know that meme? We are witnessing mental illness. <laughs> We're like, okay, this is really happening. This is really happening right now. Now, eventually, you got kicked off the team in New York because he like threatened to, <laughs> threatened to beat up the coach. <laughs> but man, there's like that many. And I they're wish like, I great to have, aren't they? Oh, without man. Danny, you don't have all these stories. Like my mates went to St. Mary's and stuff, and they're talking about like, uh, 
oh, yeah, no, we had this party, man. There was like 20 people there and it was packed. And I'm like, I'm thinking of Danny like trying to drive his car through the door because he got in a fight with someone. <laughs> yeah. Like there's that sort of stuff. Like my first interaction with a gun in America was I'm standing outside, we're having a house party. And I was standing, um, let's say, I'm outside the house because you sort of, it was our place. So we sort of took turns to uh, guard the door and see who you were letting in, that sort of stuff. Guy comes up to me, pulls out a gun and puts it like there, like right to me like that. Wow. And I'm like, like I'm shaking like, like that. And then he's like, I got you for security, bro. And then I'm like, appreciate you, homie. <laughs> wow. And that was like, and I'm, I walk in the house, I'm like, no one fuck with the guy in the purple shirt. <laughs> yeah. No one. Just fucking let him do what he wants. Yeah, he Man, can he do it. If he wants my room, he can have it. <laughs> yeah. Girl, I'm saying at the time, yours. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't want, I, want, I want absolutely nothing to do with that this is guy. Yeah. Is it actually like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. The parties were wild. Like the we people had, carrying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially over in Washington. Yeah, yeah. It would, would happen all the time. And you and, just kind of become used to it? Well, you would just never like over here, you could get in a road rage thing or you get in a fight with someone and, you know, you, you know, hold your own and you can argue and stuff like that. Whereas in America, if someone said something, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, no worries. Do, do what? No yeah, worries, man. That's yeah. my fault. Yes, daddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm out. Scary. Yeah, yeah. But um, with those sort of house parties, I remember we had one where it was 80s themed. Like I got a full on perm and everything and had to play my senior night with a perm because I got the perm for the 80s party that we're having at our house. I left to do something for, fill in the blanks there. <laughs> I left to do something for, I think it was 30 minutes. I come back. I'm like, oh shit, I walked in the wrong house. Cause the house is like full of people with rap music blaring and stuff like that. I'm like, this isn't the eighties party. I walk back out and I'm like, this is my fucking house. Walk back in, a new party has just formed and overtaken our house oh. and everyone else had gone to the bars. <laughs> All the people were there and there was just this whole like like probably a hundred people in this house that I had no idea who they were. Just took over. Yeah. And I was like, I'm probably gonna stay here. And I'm sitting there <laughs> dressed as Mike Dicker. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh like yeah. It's, it's, you can have, you got stories for days. Because you're all from stuff. the same like kind of college or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. It just it's all everyone gets along with everyone. Yeah, yeah, and no, it was great. Like and the football team, uh basketball team, we had all the sports teams all get along. It's like you know, it's almost like a society within itself. Like the frats sort of fight with the sports teams. Because you're sort of contesting. Like, you know, the frats all want to be the top dogs, but then, you know, the football team's the biggest thing on campus and and, and stuff like that. So it's there's always that weird sort of tension there, but it was it was cool. Like there's, you'll never experience anything like that again in life. And when I have kids, I'll always say, whether they play sport or not, go to school in America. Yeah. Or go to university in America. Because that experience like it's almost like I feel like I'm done living now. <laughs> uh, it feels like you get your fix. It yeah, feels yeah, like you get yeah, your yeah. fix. I, yeah, I just remember going to um, Alabama with a few mates and <clears throat> trying to sneak into all these parties. And yeah, yeah. We we're probably a little bit like we're probably 25, so you're probably a little bit older than everyone. <laughs> yeah. But it was get still out just of your creep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just remember we were just like, what is going on here? Yeah, like, yeah. Just some of the setups, and then you're yeah, probably on the lawn. You're not even in like you're not even amongst it. Yeah, you hear yeah. all these stories and just think, oh man, if you could go back in time and have a year like it. Oh, like I know, the, like these guys were talking about. Like I had a couple of mates that went back and did like grad coaching positions, like as a graduate there, and they had no intention of coaching. They just wanted one more year to yeah. just go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That That's was, brilliant. yeah, oh, unbelievable. But, like, yeah, some of the places that you play and stuff like that, like getting to play at Indiana and stuff like that, like we beat Indiana, which was cool. Who are the um, who are the biggest players you played against uh, in college? Biggest players, I'm trying to think. There was a, a, Shabazz Napier was the best. Like we were, Shabazz Napier was, I think he got drafted in first round, like, but he was a player, NCAA player of the year. But he, we were up, I think it was 15 on UConn, the year that they won the national championship. We were up 15 on them. We're like, fuck, we're flying here. Shabazz Napier just goes nuts in the final, like, 10 minutes. We lose by 10. Wow. Like, he was that sort of player. Like, yeah. just unbelievable. And LeBron even tweeted out after that year, 
I want him at Miami. So Miami drafted him and then LeBron left Miami like <laughs> like a month later. And then Shabazz Napier's career was like Miami didn't need him. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm not sure I'm not sure where he's playing now. Yeah. I think he might still be in the NBA, but he's just floating around. It's a different world. It's wild. But then that's the thing, like growing up for you playing footy. Whereas, you know, for footy, you, you sort of stay within Australia. Mm. Whereas basketball, you know, I was so lucky to be able to travel all through Europe. Around the world. All, all around the world, live in America for a whole bunch of time. Now, you know, if you can make it to the top level in footy, then you get these nice European vacations that you get once yeah, a year that, yeah. are, that are pretty cool. But you don't get that same sort of experience that no, you do there's nothing like travelling on tour. It's like, I mean, guess we yeah. can only compare. You got an away game, you go on yeah. the Gold Coast. It's like, oh, yeah, it's five hours from Perth or from Sydney. It's an hour and a half, whatever. Yeah. But you're with the team. You're there for two, three, two nights. If it's a night game three yeah you probably go out for a beer afterwards if it's a seven eight day break you yeah. get to experience the city you catch up with your friends that live there you're in you're out back yeah. home and then you knuckle down for another two weeks because you yeah. essentially got the home game the next week and you won't leave for the week after imagine doing that you know basketball how many games would you play a week oh in college yeah two two so two, and probably- that was just for the season part of it you're there for the rest of the year as well exactly studying yes yeah, stu- yeah, study. <laughs> underwater underwater basket weaving <laughs> Whatever degree I'm studying, I uh, how to throw a house party. So, like, yeah. I just couldn't imagine how cool it would be. Um, oh, it's nuts! But some of the things you look back on, and you're like, "How did that happen?" Like, one of my um, oh, man, I, I absolutely love the coach that I had. Hayford was like one of the toughest guys, and he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. But I still talk to him, considering one of my closest friends to this day. That man, some of the stuff that we used to do. I remember we were in a bar once, and he was just this sort of guy. Like he. I went to tip the bar guy 50 bucks. He's like, no, 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 no. He's got, Hayford knew him. He's like, no, 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 he's got enough money. We go to the next bar. I see Hayford pay with the 50 to get the next round of drinks. (laughs) (laughs) He was that sort of dude. But he was also like, he was huge on, okay, we're going to play basketball and I'm going to be tough as shit, but you can do whatever you want off the court and I'm going to let you live your college life. Yeah, that's And we made the NCAA tournament and we were like a 13 seed. Like we were, we won a lot of games under him because he understood that it's a two-way life. Mm. Like we're here to play basketball, yeah, but we also, there's life experiences that we need to have. Like I remember we went, we had a game in Northern Arizona to sew up the championship. Now, Hayford had already signed at another school at this point, which I later found out. But um, he was like, you know what, boys, you can go out in Vegas. And we're like, fuck yeah. So we all go out in Vegas, go nuts. We got the game the next day against Northern Arizona, who I think were bottom of the ladder. And we were top. I go three for 15 from the three-point line and we lose. <laughs> and all the other coaches are in there going, what the fuck? And Hayford's just, you know, cussing everyone out in there. And it's like, what? <laughs> Mirror. <laughs> yeah, you told me to go to Vegas. You told me to go to, yeah. go to Vegas. That's great though. Yeah. Oh, no, unbelievable. But And, and I think we sort of do lose that a little bit in um, sports today where – you know, coaches at all levels are just so focused, especially in college. You hear some horror stories of guys that go well, over there. They lose there. focus of life a bit, don't they? They get it, caught up in the yeah. The they're just twenty four seven. Yeah, you know, I always say that. Oh, with even nuts. if you're a head coach, there's I'm not saying yeah. there's something wrong with it, but they, they eventually yeah, yeah. there is, especially when they start losing, yeah. they just forget about everything outside of the the, the club, the, yeah. whatever they're coaching, and everything is just like they forget to have conversations about yeah. other things. It's just all about that sport and you start to think, where are they at? You know, yeah, yeah. mentally, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. are you okay? Well, like, literally. remember the pressure as well. Like, no, that's what me, I mean. For, the pressure, you get to say, yeah. they, it's like, I guess the more you're in it, the more you yeah. just, you, you forget about that outside of life. And yeah. Like, you know, well, we used to have a lot of transfers at Eastern Washington because guys couldn't cope with the, the pressure of just how tough yeah. it was there. And I would always say to people that, look, you got to remember, like, you know, when you have that shitty game and you go 0 for 5 or whatever it is from the three-point line and they're all good shots, you know, for you, you 
get ready to play the next game. You know, you got a scholarship, you're fine. For the coach, those missed five shots could result in us losing and they potentially yeah. results in his job. Now, coaching is a game of snakes and ladders. When you, especially in American Division One basketball, if you're coaching mid-major, so not like a Texas or a Duke or an Alabama, um, I don't know why I threw Alabama in there in basketball, but anyway, mm. um, you go down all the way down to like junior college sometimes. So you'll be coaching Division Two. And you've got to spend another six years working your way back yeah. up. So you've got to understand why these guys are so highly strung. Yeah. And even with AFL coaches, like you, you lose an AFL job, you might have to spend another six years as an assistant coach before you get another one, if you get another one. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's always a tough it's you've got to look at it from their perspective. No, hundred percent. And it's a it's a, yeah, it wouldn't be easy. And they uh, oh, mate, I couldn't do it. I know that. Yeah. Wouldn't Another, want to, I wouldn't want to do it. And one of my favorite um Hayford quotes was <laughs> he goes to a player on the team, an Aussie kid, he's like Whoever taught you how to shoot deserves to be shot in the head. And, <laughs> and the guy goes, he goes, uh, what's that? He goes, oh, it's my dad. <laughs> Everyone's like, what? <laughs> One of the blokes missed the shot at, going into halftime. He turned the ball over and we get in the locker room. The coach is like, are you fucking betting on games? Are you betting on games? <laughs> he's, he's like, man, I just turned it over. That was so dumb that the only way you could have done that is if you were betting on the game. <laughs> <laughs> them sprays, I guess they're funny. Oh, like, man, all the time. reflection, they're great. Oh, like, God, all That's time, all man. people want to hear about. Like, oh, man, the sprays are unbelievable. Being a coach would be fun for like a couple of weeks just to give oh, out some outrageous. Man, like, I'd go nuts. If you like playing 2K, some of this shit you say when you, if you got cash on the, you know when you got cash and you're yeah. going head to head with your mate and you, every, you just turn against the world and then the game oh, yeah, finishes, yeah, yeah. shake the hand, walk out. Like, Sometimes that was you look, normal. Like, I look back at some of the stuff that was said to me during those times. You're like, what the fuck? Like, you oh, couldn't yeah. do that these days. Nah. These days you're done. What about your freshman year? You said it was real tough and you were considering wrapping it up. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, well, because think about it. I've I've come from being in Australia where you are the man. Like you're at the Australian Institute of Sport. I've just come off a really good under-19 world championships. I've come over there like, you know, I'm the, I'm the best. Yeah. I'm ready to go. Uh, reality check, you're not. You're fucking slow and all you do is shoot threes and you got to earn your stripes. And you're in this new place where it was like, you know, you're living in this dorm. You got no idea what's going on. It was just a massive reality check. I'd had a pretty easy life up until then. Like I had had no challenges. Yeah. You know, I, I was lucky enough to go to a private school. I got the best parents on earth. Like, and we're not talking financially here. We're just talking about like they have, I rest my head on the pillow at night with no concerns yeah. whether I am loved or any of that sort of stuff. So I have an incredible family. You go over to college and you were just treated like a piece of shit for the first year because mm. that's what you are yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a way. Like you are the bottom feeder. And that was really hard for me to deal with. And I was like, God, you know, I want to, I want to come back. I don't want to do this again. And a lot of kids struggle with that. They go over and the first year is hell. Like it sucks because you don't know, you don't, don't know a huge amount of people. you got no money. Like we had no money. And this is for the whole four years. We had these NIL deals I've got now are crazy. We had, we were broke, like mm. gas station alcohol broke. Yeah. And um, that's why you're drinking uh, gator piss. Man, we're drinking gator <laughs> piss and we're like, we're asking for, hey, tickle the gator out back, get us some free ones. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're drinking like four locos at the gas station and shotgunning them before a volleyball game. Like yeah. it was. Just stuff that you look at now and you're like, what the fuck? You could come back, you know, maybe earn 30 grand as a development player in the NBL and it's all cruisy. And then eventually sort of got talked into, you know, Hayford, I sort of saw a different side of him and he sort of opened up with a lot of stuff and and decided to come back and fuck, it was the best decision that I've ever made in my life. Those three years, just amazing. Mm. Absolutely loved it. Learned so much you know, went through so many highs and lows, all of that sort of stuff. Like I feel like you condense like 10 years worth of life lessons into three years mm. going through that sort of stuff. We went into four if you include that freshman year. And now we've got this sort of issue with the transfer portals and stuff like that where kids run into that sort of tough year and they're like, oh, no, I want to go somewhere else. 
Well, now you're just going to go somewhere else and it's going to be the same there because you're going to be a bottom feeder starting again there. You've just got to work through it. And I hate seeing kids come back because I know that was going to be me. But then I stuck it out and I and maybe I got lucky as well. I got, I got a coach that I got along with really well and he allowed me to shoot as many threes as I wanted. <laughs> like no one will ever break that three-point record at Eastern Washington. The best part was that I broke the attempts record a year before I broke the makes record. <laughs> How many did you hit? Oh, uh, God, it would have been like 400 and something, like a, a lot. Oh, wow. But I broke the attempts record. Well, like it was legitimately a season before. Just popping them up. Just loading them up, man. Just throw them, throw them. And there's throw a coach them. just like, keep shooting. Just shoot, keep shooting. Keep shooting because they're going to go in. And then sometimes you had these big games and then sometimes you'd have those Northern Arizona three for 15. But I yeah. always had the confidence to keep going. That's great. Because he instilled that. So, yeah, yeah. that's brilliant. No, I'm glad you worked through it. It's a bit like anyone really. I yeah. mean, I think back even when I was playing, it's I tried to get a trade first year, which um, would have been a disaster. I was trying to go yeah. to Essendon and they got, you know, the starter case was- uh, oh, You would have been jacked though. I would have been, yeah. <laughs> might have got to 88 kilos and looked, might have actually got, might have fit into some 34 size jeans, like yeah. 32. <laughs> Um, but you see, you, you, but you work through it. Yeah. Next minute, you're playing in finals and whatnot a few years yeah. later. So, uh, yeah, it's it's great. It's good advice for everyone out there, yeah. especially all the kids that are going to through the college ranks. And oh yeah, and it, it really applies to anything. Like I've sort of it's changed my view on a lot of things. Where you you, you know work, you got to it's gonna, it's gonna suck stripes, at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. matter what it is, it's gonna suck. Like sometimes you got to. Do the shit that you don't want to be doing for a year, and then eventually. Well, that's you'll what get I get there. with these younger kids. Especially yeah. like they're, like, I want a job, I want to make all this cash. It's like, well, man, like you sometimes take away the cash thing, and yeah. like, what do you actually want? What do you want out of this? You can't just get there overnight. I've got yeah, mates yeah. that are like, just man, we just should come up with this idea, and I'm like, yeah. man, no one, no one comes up with an idea. Maybe yeah. there's a couple. You can't just make it overnight, you know. Yeah. Like some people are delusional. I go, you got to work Ridiculous. fucking hard, and you got to be consistent, and, and then hopefully get a bit lucky. This podcasting thing, like. The, the podcasting game, like it's so many people start it and think, oh, you're going to do it and get a whole bunch of sponsors. Like, no, you got to work out. Like Gary V had that um thing where he's like, he made like 600 videos that were getting like two, three views yeah. and then one blew up and now he's Gary V. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a lot of stuff like that. I think we, we lose out on trying to find that comfort zone. It's two things. There's a hard work and consistency is something that I keep picking up off people. Like and yeah. it's, it's like I ask so many people. That's what I love about podcasting and more just you're just talking shit, but you just yeah, break yeah. down some serious and you go, what was it? And you're like, oh, I just got to keep working through it. And yeah. it's just the same thing every time. Yeah, I yeah. love asking different people yeah. in different walks of life because, you know, whether it's basketball or yeah. business or whatever, they're all just like, man, you just got to keep yeah. working and you just got to <laughs> find a way, one foot in front of the other. Yeah, it's so yeah. basic. And you're like, I've heard it's that all, before. It's all so basic. Like even at the, like I sort of started getting into the gym a lot more now and I'm on YouTube looking up these little exercises. Like I'm at the point where I'm like contorting myself in the machine to <laughs> like work some interior delt muscle and then it's like <laughs> I end up just like just bench press the squat man <laughs> and you, your gains go through the roof yeah. like it's just insane that we just overcomplicate everything in life 100% everything 100% speaking of you look like you got the T-Rex someone said do the T-Rex oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> apparently that's your go-to move isn't it <laughs> this one doesn't really work in audio format but we'll give it a crack <laughs> <laughs> you, want, you want to know a story about the T-Rex one? Someone, so, someone wrote in on the questions, tell him to do the T-Rex. I they like, right, they right. probably said, get fucked, and he just changed it to the T-Rex. <laughs> but um, so I got a call when I was probably 14. So the T-Rex has always been a thing that I do. I do a really good T-Rex impersonation because I love dinosaurs. I absolutely love them. Are you obsessed with dinosaurs? Oh, love them. The whole history that there was something here before us walking around and we still know very little go. about them. Like absolutely. I was actually, I took off because I thought it would mess with the lighting. I have a big dinosaur badge badge there. And then I have Sam Neill from uh, Jurassic Park. Another oh, so badge. You're, that you're I, obsessed. Oh, I love it. Love it. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, love it. Um, 
But I got a call saying, hey, Justin Bieber needs someone to shoot with when I'm 14. And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. So I go down there. I got the photos on Facebook and stuff, but I could never post them because I look so ridiculous in the photo. I'm like bending my back like that, trying to get in the image. So I never, I've still got it. But um, yeah, flick it across. Yeah, yeah, I'll send, I'll send it over. But it's, I get in there, it's Justin Bieber, Maroon 5, like with Adam Levine, and we're playing five on five the whole time. And anyway, we were there for like three hours and stuff like that. And one of my mates who was there says, hey, show Justin the dinosaur impersonation. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I start doing it and they're like laughing their ass off, like loving it. Justin Bieber starts filming it and he's like, can I tweet it? And he was a superstar at this point. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no. Nah. Oh, <laughs> no. Nah, no, nah, I said don't tweet it. <laughs> and it's still one of the biggest regrets in my life. I could have been I could have been like one of those memes, like the dinosaur kid. <laughs> and the the weird, I think it would have backfired on me. <laughs> no, I don't think it would have. I reckon people would have loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have been the dinosaur man. Yeah, yeah. But I, if I ever see Justin Bieber again in some sort of circumstance. Is he coming, soon? Is he coming to Australia soon or has he already been maybe? I don't no, know. No, I think didn't he cancel this? We're looking over here as if we've got, yeah, yeah, <laughs> as if we've yeah. got this like. Yeah, sprayed <laughs> on the panels. Yeah. You have the answers. Sprayed <laughs> parallel parking as we speak. Um, but uh, there you yeah, go. I'd ask him like, hey, do you remember the dude that did it? He's like, fuck no. <laughs> so you've played, you played like pretty much five on five against him. And yeah, it was and, him, and uh, Adam, Adam Levine. Levine. Did you, Justin did you Bieber? go hard or are you just popping threes? I was just... trying to look as cool as possible. Yeah. And failing miserably, I can imagine. I and look back on it. I would have been at 14 or so, 14, That's 15. Sick, but I went to school the next day and I put that one of the photos up of me playing. And this was when everyone was obsessed with Justin Bieber. And it was just like people were printing the pictures off and sticking it up all over the school. That's and, awesome. And then I even, I fake put Beaver's name in my contact list. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, there is, there is, there is. You got to milk it, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to milk gotta it. You got to go for That's it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking great. I wish someone had a call my mum picks up. Oh, no. <laughs> Justin. Back to the uh, basketball. How were you so good at threes? Like you said you were ahead of the, you know, you're ahead of your time. Did you? Who taught you all that? Uh, well, it was actually, I think it was a comment that Ian Stacker made. And he was like, you need to be elite at something. Like you can't be, you need to look at like what you, what tools do you have? It's like, okay, well, I'm not that athletic. I can sort of, I can move fairly well, but I can become a good shooter. And I'm not going to make the teams that I want to make if I'm going to go and try to play like Dante mm. and just be a flat out scorer, dribble drive, all these sort of moves and stuff like that. So I just started shooting like a thousand threes a day and just going nuts with it, like getting like psychotic. Even my first year of college, like I was really just sitting on that shooting gun the whole time and just shooting, shooting, shooting. And then I got to the point where I was such a better shooter than everyone that you needed to have me on the team because the other team went into a zone, you can sub me in and then all of a sudden I'm just rolling around, ding, yeah. ding, and that sort of stuff. So, you know, I had that skill set where I was in teams that I probably wasn't good enough in general basketball to be in. And, yeah, that was it. Were you like a Duncan Robinson type? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much like a Duncan Robinson. And Duncan Robinson's a guy that's been able to make a career off being, yeah. you know, one of those last bastions of – just shooters. And yeah. also, he, he, he's a solid defender as well. He's he, actually improved a lot. Like, he was even driving at the ring. He was actually yeah. really impressive well, in the that's what you, And that's what these NBA players, the ones that end up having great careers, do. Because they say, okay, well- I need more tricks. I need more tricks in the bag. Because that position doesn't really exist anymore. Like, yeah. you, you don't really see as many, like, the Corvers. You mm. know, JJ Redick is probably understating his career to say he was just a shooter. But guys like Kyle Corver, you don't really see them anymore. Mm. Because that position- isn't needed because now everyone can shoot. Everyone growing up is they're putting. Who was the in. guy that you looked up to? That was it. it was like Corver. Corver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Corver. you want to be like Corver. Corver in the um, NBA, and then Kirk Penny in the NBL was another really good shooter. And Dave Barlow, 
Yes. Yeah, which is cool because I got to play with him at United yeah. and still, you know, he coaches and plays for Sandringham at the moment. And he was one of my favorite players growing up. And it's just always cool to to have that crossover. So, yeah, yeah Barlow was always, remember we had that like 13 of 13 game? Yeah. Didn't miss a shot. Just absolute animal, but a consumer professional. Yeah. You will not find a guy across, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's guys like that in the AFL that just, you know, 30 minutes stretching after every practice, stuff like that. There's a reason he's still playing the mm. way he's playing at this stage of his career. Yeah, he's, how old is he now? Oh, he's 50. No. Yeah, yeah, no, he's old. That's all. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah, still yeah, getting yeah. his late done. 30s. Yeah. yeah. Had a good career. So then you come back, talk to me about the transition from um, college back to NBL. Yeah, it was an interesting one because I had originally decided that I wanted to stay in America and stop playing basketball. Because I was like, you know what, I've, I've had this amazing experience here. Even my last year, like I had a massive junior year. And then my senior year was like, you know, I still played well, but I wasn't as into it. Like I wasn't, I was I was preferring doing other things. I was sort of enjoying doing a bit of media stuff with the local news network out oh, there. Oh, so you started your media stuff over there. Yeah, I had a couple. Of, just It was jumping in, doing a couple of different sports reports and stuff like that. And that's what I wanted to do. But then it's sort of, you know, I'd, I'd been toing and froing with it. And eventually I decided, no, you know what, I've, I've put all this work into basketball and I may as well give it one crack uh, professionally and came over and played, jumped in with United for that one year and, and there was some fun times there, but I wasn't exactly like, I'm not sitting there going, I'm going to do anything I can to get on court here. Yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like this is kind of fun, but I'm not really into it and I'm not sure I really want to do it next year. Now, I did try to do it for one more year, but couldn't get a gig. Yeah. And then you do the old retired, not fired. I, yeah, I did that. Genius. <laughs> Genius. It's more of an ego thing, isn't Mate, it? Every, everyone's always to be like, oh, why'd you end your basketball career so early? I was like, oh, you know, I just wasn't feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just wanted, there's other things I wanted to do. And it's like, the coaches are bringing up text messages from me, like <laughs> texting every coach in the league. Hey man, just want one more chance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nah, man, we're not interested. Oh, yeah, I'll retire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Fuck you. Uh, no big retirement announcement. The time has come. <laughs> that's so funny, man. But yeah, it was just, you know, yeah, there's other things that you want to do. And, and I, mean, I was quite happy to move on. I got super lucky with sports bet. Like, obviously, we'll go into that afterwards. But but that Melbourne United year, like, I'm happy that if that was my only year playing professional basketball, I'm happy that that was it. I'm happy that I owned the worst debut in the history of the yeah, NBL. What was that again? Oh, God, it was horrid. I remember, zero I saw from seven? It was zero from seven from three in four minutes. And <laughs> that's I also. That's a lot of attempts in form. That's actually mate, a, that's a the good com- The commentary is hilarious. They're like, he's shooting it again. He's shooting it again. <laughs> Get it and up. Even Dave Anderson whipped it out of the post, gave it to me. I bricked it. They were playing so far off me because they were like, this dude's gone 0 for 5. Let him shoot. And I was like, okay, deal. But I even said to myself on the bench, I was like, I'm going to come in here and just go nuts. I'm either going to be the best player of all time or the worst. Now, unfortunately, I came out the worst, but it, it could have easily been another story there. <laughs> why did, so why do you reckon it didn't work that night? Because I know it's just, sometimes it's just luck or whatever. Because oh, I was like, ice cold. You come in there and uh, like, I, was, warm, yeah. I was tense and I was just, you know, I was just shooting poorly and it's like, you know what, but would I go into that situation and shoot every one of those shots again? Yes, I would. Yeah. I'd go in again. I also gave a man one on the other, on the other end of the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so it gets worse. Oh, it gets, wow. These coaches listen to this pod going, mate, we, you didn't play because you couldn't play defense, not because you couldn't shoot. <laughs> But yeah, at least I own that. Like you know what? It's at least I own that little piece where I'm like, now you got to have a laugh. I went at down it. swinging. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. made me do the post game presser afterwards. Did they? Yeah. <laughs> did you have a laugh with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, I always take the piss out of it. But that's um, I'm happier that I did that rather than go in there, swing the ball a couple of times, and get out, yeah. and you never play again. Hundred percent. Because your man Craig Moller, and the funny thing was, Dean Vickerman said to me because Craig Moller was having a shocking, a shocking series of games. <laughs> I saw Craig last week. Craig was like, mate, you, you were. 
fucking a couple of makes away from taking Craig's spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, imagine you hit three from seven. And, but even if I, what if it's you go five for seven or something, you're just racking up 15 points. I'm running up in the stands going, oh, <laughs> yeah. out of the way game. Yeah. They were fucking, the crowd was loving it as well because it was in great. Adelaide. Oh, that's brilliant. That's yeah. brilliant. I want to, I can't wait to see the footage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The commentary there is great. He's not going to shoot, shoot it again. I'm sorry I'm putting an American accent here. But <laughs> like he's shooting like, it again. I actually like the American accent. <laughs> That's brilliant. And then when did uh, when it when it all wrapped up with the NBL, um, was like sports bet. You got a gig there, but like the media. Yeah. How did that all come about? Yeah, so it's funny. Um, you have all these people in your life where you're like, geez, thanks. Thankfully, they were there, you know, to help out. And I stopped uh, basketball. I was like, okay, I want to jump into the media. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a job. Yeah, I don't have any connections whatsoever. So, um, luckily, um, Vince from Melbourne United, he got me a couple of uh, Croc Media back when it was Croc Media. I did a couple of SEN, like you know, yeah. United commentary things, and sort of got into the fold here. So I'm always grateful for him helping out there because I remember he said at the time this was a time in the NBL where they didn't really do anything with ex players. Like the AFL helps out players, and Vince wanted to build that with United. So he sort of got me a little bit of help there. But then uh, Lauren Hansen, a lady that works at the NBL, and I will add one of the sharpest operators of anything you will ever find is this lady, Lauren Hansen, like Larry's like two IC yeah, uh, with all that sort of stuff, but just on top of everything. Just the queen. Just, yeah, ab- absolute queen in, in business. And um, she called and said, oh, sports better looking for someone to do the like Nathan Brown style yeah, the, what- pregame updates. So I go in and do my screen test and I'm like, oh, <laughs> shocking. Absolutely butchered it. Like you could not have gone worse. I reckon I did 40 takes and the bloke behind the camera is just like, what the fuck are we doing? Oh, I know how you feel because I've done a few takes in here yeah. ads and he's like, oh man, just <laughs> fucking get it on. I'm like, stop, stop trying, man. I keep, <laughs> keep saying the wrong word. <laughs> oh, God. It's a shocker when you get in the mode. I had one at seven doing the AFL integrations and I even heard someone in the back going, fuck, <laughs> yeah. hurry up. Oh, you would love to see the outtakes. Yeah. I'm going, fucking <laughs> Oh, it's so bad. It just gets just in your get head. Just get it right. You're screaming anyway, yourself. Luckily for me, I was the only one doing them. So there was no one else to do them. So I was like, you know what? We got to roll with him. Oh, right. And I got that and then I worked at it and got a lot better at them. And then eventually we started a podcast with um, Mark Worthington and Corey Homicide Williams. And that got a bit of traction. And Homicide's started, great energy. Homicide's just great value. Man. Oh, just great. Mate, but he's he, a guy you've got to get in here. Yeah, I've had him on here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He's like, he's thumbs it down there. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable dude, but you know, just like, just a genuine hustler. Yeah. And um, anyway, we did that, and then uh, I got a call from someone at Sportsbet uh, saying, like, yeah, they had all these racing.com spots and stuff like that. Going, hey, like, hey, do you know you're racing? I had no idea about racing at this point. Like, couldn't tell you the front to a back of a horse. And I'm like, yeah, love it. Yeah. Live for it. You know, horse, horse, horse. Nay, nay, nay. This is <laughs> this is what do you, what do you need? They're like, oh, we need you to do the um, updates on racing.com. Yeah. And I'm like shit. Yeah, what have <laughs> I, I done? had no idea how to do this. Like, no, I don't even. I don't even bet. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, ended up learning through that process, like just having to just crash. I'm a big fan of taking the job and then learning how to do it later. Shoot and aim later. Uh, what do they say? Shoot, yeah, shoot and aim later. That's shoot, the, I think that's, that's the American police. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the American police. Shoot code. now. No, shoot now. Aim later. Shoot now. Aim later. I like that. I like that. Um, a bit like you on the on your night of all nights. Shoot and aim later. Well, fuck it. Maybe I should have aimed a bit earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should have told me that one seven years ago. Um, 
But yeah, where was I? <laughs> yeah, racing.com. Sorry. Racing.com. Yeah. <laughs> racing.com. And then actually just, just got in through that, learned how to do it. And I've been doing heaps in horse racing since then because I love the sport. Like there's so many. Oh, it's a beautiful Oh, sport. the characters in it, all that sort of stuff. Like just love the people. So I've loved doing that with Sportsbet. And then um, now doing the NBL, sort of hosting on the sideline. We'll do a bit of play-by-play this year and just moving through that. So I'm sort of happy to hitch my wagon to, to basketball just with the way that it's growing. Mate, you do a fantastic yeah. job of it. I, I, I love tuning into no, no, I think blokes like you and even Homicide and yeah. um, Copeland and Gazy and when you just got energy on that band, like, cause I, you're always kind of, you've always kind of um, comparing it to the NBA consistently, yeah, yeah. And consistently. And we, we are slowly bridging the gap. I feel like yeah. it's, it's getting better and better and, and the crowd's obviously busy yeah. and you, you're down there courtside and, yeah. you know, I always <laughs> think when you're doing that, I'm thinking, He's got all these people probably going, hey, Felix, and you're just oh, like, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. down here courtside, yeah. you know, whatever, whoever you're playing with. My favourite one is when they move behind the camera and you can't see him, but I can see him going, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the news. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah, the news cross. Yeah. Um, do, yeah, you, yeah. do you love it though? Like you generally Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. But the thing that I always tell people is that I get just as much happiness and excitement out of that than I did when I was, if I was playing 40 minutes in the yeah. NBL. So it's I'm getting – more excitement out of it, and I can go out and get on the piss afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's like I have so much more freedom in yeah. my life doing that sort of stuff. So, yeah, absolutely love it. And, I, and I'm really trying to build through that sort of stuff because so that's, it's, your, that's your career now. You, you just love the media space and the broadcasting love space. Love it. And, and the cool thing is with basketball, it's like, you know, there's that hope that, you know, if you go through play by play, hosting, and stuff like that, and obviously you want to branch off into other sports as well when the time's right. But, it's, you know, eventually the NBA is going to have crossovers with the NBL and is there going to be an ESPN crossover there? It's just like, I, I feel like it's a time in sport where there's just endless possibilities coming yeah, up. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think- I can see is, the look in your eyes. You're thinking, I'm getting into the NBL now. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking about the guys that do the, the cross for NBA in Australia, ESPN, and I think- I reckon you could take that over <laughs> not. I don't want to put them down. No, no. I see these folks come on. I'm like, come on, man. There's stuff like, like an Ernie Johnson. Like I like I love what Ernie Johnson does on the halftime show. Like stuff like that. Like I like hosting and doing those sort of things. Like you know, directing traffic. Like that's yeah. It's just it, it's a fun job. Well, and, so, well, we need to let everyone know. Watch this space. There's something that we've got. We're going to announce. Yeah, oh. We're going to announce something in the near future. But. Oh. Uh, yeah, we've already identified. Yeah. I've already identified the hosting talent. Yeah. <laughs> so we have something special coming. Talk to me about, it's great to hear, by the way, that you've got the same passion for what you're doing yeah. now as you did playing because that that transition's tough. You know, there's yeah. always a tough period where you go, oh, I've lost a fair chunk of my life and now I can't fulfill it and you've found it and it's great and it yeah. takes time. Oh, yeah. Um, I've also got this mad passion for paying the rent and yeah. uh, <laughs> this is the only thing I can do. <laughs> well, mate, you, yeah, I, I feel I you, mate. Accounting, so I'll tell you what, I'm driving down the Astra living in South Yarra. I know how you feel, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was worried about it when you drove down here. I was like, geez, you probably should have played a couple more yeah, years, Tommy. Oh, Jesus, anyone wants to sponsor? We've got a couple of sponsors. We might need a couple more. <laughs> you might need some of the Milwaukee tools to get that thing up and running I by the time we leave. I swear Rick's is going well. <laughs> I mean, we're going well. If you need to buy a pet online at Rick's Highway, because I'm driving the Astro down the street. Why is there nothing in those boxes? <laughs> We're actually out of sunny. No. <laughs> There's a bloke buying the tools out front. <laughs> I've actually stolen them. I've gone down to Bunnings and stolen the Milwaukee <laughs> tool just to, just to fake the sponsorship. Oh, God. <laughs> Only joking there. Big fan of the- <laughs> I've just lost the sponsor because of you. <laughs> um, let's get to the batchy, mate, because it's uh, oh, when that announced, that was. I think they take your accounts and um, everything everything off you and you can't life. even re- – Yeah, you take your life <laughs> off you. They, they, uh, 
<laughs> Wiki was like, whoa, the big fella. Like, like, you're you're not, <laughs> what, what did they leave me with? <laughs> <laughs> when you went on there, um, when it, talk to me about the process. What I love about podcasting is that we can get to see the real you and yeah. um, t- TV. I just did a podcast with Stephen Coniglio and he got, he got stitched up on the on the um on the thing he did with the Amazon yeah. series. When I say stitched up, they just didn't show the full story. Yeah. They they only showed what they wanted, and they can pick the storyline with the content because they got that much of it, right? Um, I didn't watch the batches, so just straight out. But I uh I you know you go online, you read some comments and whatnot. But how was the experience? Let's before we talk about what like how they painted you, because yeah. I don't actually know. Where did it all start? I know they, because there's been, I think I've had a few casting people, they reach out to you on the DM, do you want to be on this show? Is that how it started? Yeah, yeah. So they they, they reached out and uh, said, like, do you want to be involved? Went through a process and- uh, What were you thinking at the time? Well, I was thinking, oh, there's, there's no way that, you know, I would think it's not even something that I do. Like, I'm not, like, at this point, remember in my life, I had been on three dates in my life. Like, I just wasn't like, a, I don't DM people and chat in the DMs, contrary to popular belief. I'm just not, like, I, I don't do that. And I was like, okay, this doesn't really, like, this isn't going to suit me at all. But then I was like, oh, yeah, it could actually be quite funny yeah. if I went on it. And um, let's say, yeah, ended up going through and it's sort of one thing led to another. And eventually you get too deep in it. You're like, oh, I can't really pull out now. Like, we're, we're there. Like, we're in Sydney. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much just how it went really quick. So, talk to, because give me, give me an insight. So, you, 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 um, there's three. There's three blocks. Three of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a swingers yeah. party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was, keys, it was keys of the bowl. I walk in there with a the bowl. And they're like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, sorry. I'm Did totally. Did you keys in <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's why none of them like me. What, what's the go there? That was the first time ever they had three blokes. Yeah, first time they've ever had uh, three of anyone. First time the Bachelorette, Bachelorette they've had three. And I think they just wanted to, Um, it, it was interesting. I think what they wanted and what they got was a very different thing. I think they wanted to sort of splice it up and be able to take the best bits of each love story, for lack of a better term. Yeah. And they wanted that all those sort of bits and they'd be able to form this story. But, you know, it, my storyline ended up just getting so weird <laughs> that that- <laughs> that it ended up being a vast majority. And I think the audience didn't like that because it was such a weird storyline that everyone was like, we're sick of this. We kind of want to see the normal stuff yeah. that, that they're doing. So I think there was on multiple levels, the show sort of got a bit weird yeah. there. Like, especially like if I'm at finale with a chick and her boyfriend and she's breaking up with a boyfriend and then going with me. And it was just like, <laughs> just, just a dog's breakfast at one point. <laughs> I, I didn't even know that. Are you oh, serious? Yeah. So the girl that, so the hard thing was for me, it's like, I, I went in there and, you know, it's not a perfect science picking people that someone's going to like, especially for me that, you know, I hadn't been in a proper relationship before that. I wasn't really someone that goes on dates. I don't, you know, I sort of kept to myself. Uh, I did a lot of things by myself. And, and being tr- an athlete as well, being you're, an athlete, you're, yeah, you're a bit selfish with your time. You're selfish with your time. You're out or you're, you're yeah, playing. Yeah. So I, I'd always sort of been like that. I traveled around and to try to find me someone that I'd sort of click with is really hard. So I don't look at the show and I'm like, oh, they just got me a whole bunch of people I didn't click with. I just, there was only one person on the show that I really clicked with, which was the final person that I finished with in Jess. She was the only one where I saw her and I was like, oh, okay, well, I, I could actually like, you know, I, I like being here with you. And it sounds I mean, I liked being with them as friends, but mm. in terms of someone I could actually say, oh, maybe there's a potential genuine here. Connection, a man. genuine connection. It was with um, a, a girl named Jess. And uh, the issue there was she had a boyfriend. <laughs> and the producers have just given me the old, cop that. So, so they, they would have known that she oh, had a boyfriend. They knew, they knew exactly what was going on. <laughs> and they've gone, he's going to pick Jess. They've gone, they've gone. <laughs> this is the girl that's straight down. So, like, so she's two. broken up with this dude on TV. Mate, what a, so I'm at the, wait till you see the footage. And this dude's like, a, he's an interesting bloke. Like a real spiritual, you know, 
you know, earth, like forehead to forehead, a rising sort of guy. And, you know, I'm sitting there, we have this pool party and he's sitting over there and I have to go up and have this conversation. We're currently both dating this girl. And I'm having this weird-ass conversation. At one point, I even turned to the camera and I was like, yeah, welcome to Jackass. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is just really weird. And, um, you know, having to handle that with cameras all around you and, you know, people are coming at me saying, you know, he's doing this wrong, he's doing that. It's like, man, <laughs> just give me a break here. I'm trying to handle this on TV when I don't even know how to date. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now I'm having to date a guy <laughs> and a girl <laughs> And, you know, it just turned into this just, you know, a bit of a dog's breakfast of content, like sort of stuff going everywhere. And eventually it got to the point where, you know, I said to her, you know, you got to break up with this dude if I'm going to choose you at the end. And um, what's that? So she breaks up with him in this real heartbreaking scene. Like he was distraught yeah. at the end. Like and it's all just, folks would be. Yeah, as you would be. And I think, you know, they had certain aspects to their relationship. It was an open relationship. Like they had some interesting parts that I wasn't really aware of and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, that's how it ended. And unbelievable. But it was wild. But to be caught up that in today's society where they judge you on everything yeah. and all of that sort of stuff. And then I made a mistake on the first night, you know, I kissed a girl in front of everyone. And then, you know, people were just in it from there. And I'll tell you what, to say they gave me a shocking edit on the second episode is an understatement. Like, you know, the music, they've got me like with the music, like the dun, dun, dun. Oh. <laughs> That's one thing I know. Everyone knows me. I went to, I went to school to eat me lunch, right? <laughs> that's, a, that's the only reason I went to school. But I remember one thing from drama and they said the the most important thing is the sound. They reckon oh. the sound, without sound, you don't get the theatre. Yeah. So whenever they add sound to stuff, it's it, like even yeah. scary movies, if you take the sound out, you won't be scared. Like no. the anticipation, it makes you anxious. Yeah. So I'm only visualised, they're going, let's fuck him they up. Went the, they went on the sound. On a SoundCloud and search douchebag, <laughs> and then just completely embedded the soundtrack on top of me. Like it was, and the crazy thing was, so you we, just hook it up this bird in the pool. Oh my god, it's showing me hooking up from all these different angles. And I'm a shocking kisser, right? Like I'm, I'm a shocking kisser, and they're zooming right in there, and I'm going like, were you tucking the tongue straight down the gob? Down the gullet. Oh, and do, down like, the gullet. Do, you, do you like think about like, because this is how I think, this is why I couldn't do it. Like yeah. you got your family, everyone's watching. Were you, these things going through your head when you- They are. You, you are overthinking everything that's going on and then you're getting in these sort of discussions. Like, you know, I'm, I'm having this discussion and the girls are saying like, you know, you're, you're cheating on us. And I'm like, what? <laughs> this yeah. is the point of the show. Like yeah. what, what are I meant to do? And then, you know, and, and the worst part was, and, and when I say there's sort of selective editing with things, it's like, I'll go in there and, and apologize and say, hey, look, I was wrong here, but they'll cut that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They won't show that. Mm. And then that's where the selective editing comes on. And then you've also got like, as you know, I like to talk pretty freely. You know, I don't hold much back. You have a four hour interview. They're going to be able to find something in oh, there 100%. that they can piece in to, to whatever. So, but it's also, I also look at it and it's like, okay, I could sit here angry that I got a bad edit, but it's also like, you know, I signed up for a reality TV show. Yeah, okay. uh, that's, that's, that's what's going to happen. And if you go on Facebook, the same people that were, you know, digging and ripping into me are the same ones that, you know, comment on like, it'll be like Taylor Swift announces tour and they'll comment who? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it's yeah, like those yeah. sort of, those sort nah, of operators. Yeah, it's like we, real. Yeah. I've never had a bad interaction in person. No, nah, like no, People come up and right. they say, hey, we, we, we love the show. You know, it was enjoyable, that, that sort of stuff. So I've never had a bad reaction. The old keyboard warriors, it's, uh, it happens oh, all shocking. the time in sport. But it's also the, um, you know, some of these, you know, rags out there that write these stories. Like, you know, Mamma Mia was coming at me, that sort of news outlet was coming at me nonstop. And I was looking at some of the articles and I was like, you know, they're calling me like, you know, saying, oh, he's white. He's, you know, coming at me for being white, coming at me for being a man, calling me a gaslighter, calling me all these things. And it's like, okay, well, none of these are true whatsoever. But it's just amazing that you can you can sit there as a human being 
and sit there and write all that stuff and be like, you know what, I'm going to just tarnish someone mm. who I don't know and who they know is getting a bad edit. That's mm. the worst part. They know that. And just put that article out there. And then all the people in the comments like digging in, they don't actually watch the show and they're digging in as well. And it's like, how can you actually do that? And I actually remember looking up the names of some of these people, these journalists that would write these articles. And I'd look at their personal accounts and stuff and I'd be like, man, glass house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stones in a glass house here. Like the only difference between me and you is my flaws are on TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're sitting there scot-free. And, and then if you go back, Adam, you're just like them. So you, you just bad. don't, you don't yeah, do yeah. that. You, you just leave it. You, you got to kill them with kindness and leave it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the royal family, you just don't, don't say anything. So <laughs> don't, don't react with it. But it was hard to sit through. Like I even, the heat got so bad at one point that I jucked off to LA Went over to LA because I was like, you know what? All these people are just coming at me. For-. And the worst part is you don't have your socials. You can't respond to it. You're not allowed to go on radio. So I'm getting all these things said about me for things that and you didn't- can't go back. For things that didn't happen. That's the hardest part. If it was things that just were 100% in context and people saying, like, people are coming at me for being a bad kisser, I could care less. Yeah, that- <laughs> yeah. 100%. Like, people are coming at me for that. that-, that- that's true. You- I would never get annoyed at that. But when people are saying, like, oh, he went on this date and all he did was talk about himself- like, well, now I'm getting angry because that wasn't what happened. They've just clipped it all up to look like that. Yeah, and that, that was the hard- a, That, that oh, would be mate, hard to it's a, It is a helpless feeling. I felt so helpless. And the worst thing is you've then got, you know, the networks and everyone who are posting all the clips and getting social engagement. And they've got massive audiences. Massive audiences. And the thing that sort of annoyed me during it was I, I actually felt that they were almost posting more things that would generate hate for me because it was more engagement. Mm. And I felt like, you know what, this is just a bit wrong. And especially when they came to me before the show and go, oh, you came out great on the show. Oh. <laughs> Looks great. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Piss on me back and tell yeah, me yeah, it's yeah, tell, yeah, tell. <laughs> Man, I was fucking diarrhea on my head. <laughs> and they, they told me it was sprinkling. <laughs> the spring water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, um, yeah, so I ducked off to LA and I just went to the comics lounge for like seven nights in a row. Just watch stand-up comedy the whole time. Because I was back. like, you know what? I just want to go over and laugh. Because it was also hard for oh, my like parents. Yeah, the family. My, and- my family know who I am. Yeah. They know what I'm like. And, you know, they know that what they're seeing is clearly, you know. Not it. Edited. And the hard thing is it's always stuff you've said, but it's just taken out of context. And that's where the bad edit comes into play. So that was the hard part was my parents. Now, a lot of people knew me and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I had great support from friends and your stuff like ones, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. All yeah. my friends and stuff like that. But it was, yeah, it was definitely a- Does Gazy take the piss out of you all the time? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gazy. yeah. But Gazy was also another one of those guys when he realised when it got tough that, hey, let's just, you know, let's just load back a little bit on this and, and, and defended me in the public square a little bit, which which was good as well. But yeah, the funny thing, uh, when I went over to America, so I'm going over to America to save face. Now, there's two things that happened on this trip. The first one was, so I've landed in LA. I go to the mall to just, you know, do a bit of shopping. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, don't, can't do anything stupid here. Don't go out. Don't be doing any of this sort of stuff. You know, there's people that come around and they vlog yeah. and they bring you the mic. They're like, they, they, a guy comes up to me in the mall outside a Tesla shop and he goes, hey, would you punch your mum in the face for a Tesla? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd lay her out. Oh. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I've just gone to escape being like a dick. And now some dude with a billion followers is going to post me saying that I'd lay my mum out for a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been here for five minutes. So you take that piss and it can just get taken oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah, and it can just get taken out. Luckily, I've never seen that video. I don't yeah, know. Oh, but I went into detail. I was like, she'd be angry if I didn't knock her out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> was there, um, with the backlash, um, was there any moments in time where you actually did, you know, fire back or do something where you're like, no, nah, I need to be. Oh, the, um, I'm not exactly an ideas man at the best of times. But I knew that – so the paparazzi is always there at the airport. Now, 
I've got to give credit where it's due here to the ladies on the Shameless podcast. Oh yeah, they're and based at the Commons. We're, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. going to go catch up later. Yeah, they, and they actually do. They, they actually do a good job of this sort of stuff. They do. Yeah, they they the respect. Best. They respectfully cover TV shows and stuff like that. Like I think they do a really good job, and they do it the right way that it should be done in a comedic sort of sense. But someone sent me a video of them saying that I had manufactured holding a book on um, like women's rights <laughs> at the airport because of the way I was holding it. And they were absolutely spot on. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> absolutely spot on. So what's happened was, and funny thing, I was wearing this exact same jacket when, oh, that's when I came back. But um, I'm at the airport and I, I read the book. Like, let's get to the, I bought the book to read. But I also thought when I was looking for a book for the flight, you know, I'm going to pick something here where the paparazzi get me. It's going to it's going to hopefully change the narrative. So I got <laughs> I got this book called I Am Malala about this refugee who had um you know stood up against the Taliban for education and stuff like that. Amazing story, absolutely amazing story. But I'm like, I want to give this a read. When I get to the airport, I'm going to hold this book in the most obvious fashion <laughs> possible. So anyway, I I read the book and someone actually commented on something. They were like, Oh, yeah, I saw Felix on a flight back from LA. He was reading this book. I Am Malala. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, the um, what's that? The paparazzi person. I see them at the airport, and I'm like standing there, like holding the book cover forward, like sort of like leaning around, looking around, like making sure they get the book in the shot. Didn't exactly work. <laughs> I got called on it right away. Like that podcast probably came out like a week later. <laughs> they got massive audiences. Yeah, well. they got a massive audience as well. And they were like, they were like, there is no way. Staged it. There is no way because one of them I was like looking back at the paparazzi camera like that. Like it was clear as day. That's so awesome. yeah, I wasn't as subtle as I probably would have hoped. Yeah, that's cool. That's what you needed just to get a, get on a podcast platform, and you would yeah, have done yeah. a bit of like. When did it start to turn? When did you start to get you know the real story out like this? Well, and- I didn't really, I didn't really bother. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Really, this is the first sort of proper um, podcast. I did Kyle and Jackie O, and did one with them, which you know they they, they cop a lot of heat, but you know they they were really good. Like they give a lot of people that get some rough storylines on these shows, a chance to come on and, you know, show your true self. So I am pretty grateful that they allowed me to do that. But other than that, yeah, I've, I've sort of declined a lot of them. I've sort of, mm. you know, I, I, I'm not here to change people's opinions yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of what they thought because, you know, I, I don't I don't know them. Anyone I know I have a good relationship with, yeah. I don't really care whether they think what they saw on the show is real or what it is. I'm just sort of, you know, so be it. Yeah, yeah. No, well, you're spot on. There's and also no the, the other thing is, Coming off that show, the social bar for me was set so low that I could virtually just walk into a bar and if I didn't immediately assault someone, I'm exceeding expectations. <laughs> so one of the best things that's happened in my life, everyone's like, so much nicer than you are on, than you are on TV. Like the bar for me is so low. That's great. <laughs> I can do nothing but exceed. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, they must have painted you in a bad light. I haven't seen they it. They got me a good one. It was mainly the second episode. Which was crazy because we had this great pool party. Everyone was having fun. They put out a massive plate of shrimp, which I'm anaphylactic to, so I wasn't able to leave the pool. And one of the girls goes, yeah, he didn't even leave the pool. Like He just sort of hung around in the pool the whole time. I was like, yeah, because I didn't want to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it was a massive plate of shrimp <laughs> right there, so I had to stay in the Context pool. again. Yeah, yeah, context again. And um, you would have said that on the show? Uh, yeah, no, no, I think I said it. Yeah, in yeah. the interview. Oh, you cover everything in the interviews. Yeah. You cover absolutely everything. But I sort of got the hint that maybe I'm being cast as this sort of player when I was always asked to physically describe people when the other guys weren't being asked that. The other guys were being asked like when they went on dates, like, oh, well, you know, how were you feeling? I was being asked, what was she wearing? <laughs> I was like, oh, active wear. <laughs> and did she look good? Like, what did you like about it? I was like, yeah, God, she looked fit and active wear. And then it's like it shows them saying these loving comments and it comes to me. It's like, yeah, she looked fit in those bike shorts. Oh, wow. So they full stitch you up. That's- oh, they get you. But they, you know what? That, that's what you get. Yeah, like it's, you know, you job. sign up for reality TV. Don't sit here saying, oh, Poor me. And I did for a little bit, but now I sort of sit there going, you know what? They 
It was probably one of the most entertaining parts of the TV show was people hate watching me. Yeah, well, you need to have a villain. You need yeah, to have a villain. Yeah, you need a villain. Mm. And I think people need to remember that when you get these shows that people are painted into the villain mm. and that's what makes the show entertaining. It was all sunshine and rainbows, you know, you wouldn't be watching. Mm. These people on maths and stuff like that, they're not bad people. It just Well, it's all that drama. Yeah. Yeah, well, you look at that the Bryce guy from maths. They made him out to be the worst people. People calling the police and reporting their relationship. He's like married with twins to the same woman. He's like the only person from Maths history to actually still be married to the yeah. person. I don't know who he is, but yeah, no, I, he followed <laughs> me on Instagram the other day. <laughs> I read up on it. You obviously watch a big Maths fan over here. <laughs> he fucking hell. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. What about just the show? Before I skip over, because I don't think I've ever asked anyone about it. But any other interesting things? Like you've obviously, did, like, did you hook up with every girl? Like, what, what's the no, go? Like, I reckon, I reckon these I are the questions that come through. Yeah, you know? I reckon I only kissed three or four. Like yeah. out, out, of the, out of the the Someone goes girls. over under 12 and a half. I said, yeah, yeah. well, there you go. He's the, I hope you took the under. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the under's cashed. So three um, or four girls, you kissed. You went on a date with all of them? Yeah, you go on dates with everyone. When you're on a uh, date with them, is it pretty like- oh, That is so awkward. So awkward? So awkward. TV cameras you, everywhere. Well, TV cameras. And luckily, I was used to cameras. Yeah. But some people, when someone's not used to cameras, oh, no, it's I've always- I've seen it. They get nervous. They yeah, can't breathe. it's hard. And then you're always in the back of your head like, oh, I don't want to paint me out to be some awkward bloke here. Like I'm, I'm getting nothing here, but you've got to keep the conversation rolling. And keep it going. And um, one of the funny things they said was when, so we went on to start the show, you went on like 20 dates. You had to pick 10 of them and tell 10 of them that they weren't coming to the house. So it was a new format, which was brutal because these people work themselves up with, oh, I'm going to be on The Bachelor, you know, I'm going to so-and-so, this is going to be fun. Then you have to tell them, hey, look, there's no connection here. And they said to me that, um, and it was good, it was right thing that they said to me because I was letting people down so easily and saying like, no, it's not you, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying that to everyone. But then the viewers are like, what the <laughs> So you had to sort of let them down a little bit harder. Yeah. And like sometimes you just feel like a dick. And I, I, the worst one was, I don't even know if this one made the final cut because it was just so brutal. But I was like, like, are you feeling this? And she's like, oh, yes, yeah. like, I'm not. And it was just dead silence. And I'm like. God, I'm a shocking human. It's just, it's, but that's what you had to do. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that was the hard part of it. So I wouldn't I, It's like picking an Australian team. It's like you've got 20 to pick from. Yeah, you pick yeah, your 10 yeah. and go, mate, not up to it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> God, it's, fucking, it's, it's rough, man. It's rough. And especially because I feel so bad. I'm also sitting there going, who the fuck am I yeah, yeah, <laughs> to say yeah. no to you? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not shit. Like, I shouldn't be the one making these sort of decisions. Just so the you get that sh- sort of imposter syndrome on it as well. Fuck, that's funny. How long does the show get filmed for? Nine weeks. So it's nine weeks. You're locked in a house. No phones. Locked in. Wasn't there a funny story? Someone messaged me the other day about the NRL was on and you're not allowed to have – you can't obviously be on your phone, but you can't have a bet. But somehow uh, the the great man, the the big half, is stuck at the back and he's landed a – did you land a multi? You'd have a hard time getting between me and a bet. That is for sure. (laughs) Um, Yeah, not not even a locked safe and security can get between me and my man of the match uh, state of origin bet. This is a cracker. Tell us this one. We weren't allowed our phones during the the process. Like just phones are total no-go because they're distracting. You can look at media stuff from the outside. Like we were being, we'd already been announced at that stage. There was already media articles and all that sort of stuff. So they wanted no phones around. So for nine weeks, there was no phones. I, through a method, and I'm not going to rat the person out, managed to get access to the safe about, I would have been about the halfway point. And we, you also get no TV. So I had access to the safe and I've gone in there and we were getting given a treat. So we weren't able to watch TV, but State of Origin Game 3, I think it was, was on, or Game 2 or Game 3. And they were like, you can watch State of Origin. And I'm like, I need to get a man of the match bet on here. <laughs> like, I don't watch rugby. I don't watch rugby league. I need to spice this up. 
And so I managed to get in the safe, get my phone in this like Mission Impossible style scene. Like this is a big penthouse. You've got to go through like the the staff area to get to the phone. So I managed to get my phone, put the man of the match bet on and I'm like cheering this thing home. The, the other boys knew that I had it on and it was a decent chunk of cash that I had on the bet. Who was it? Uh, Tedesco. <laughs> And he got it. That is so good. <laughs> yeah. And he got it. I'm celebrating. And eventually they realized that I had, I, I think I think it was through that they realized that I had had the phone for that period. That's brilliant. So, but the funny thing was they, they accused me of having the phone because my parents, when they came, didn't react huge when I said that the guy had a boyfriend. And I think they thought that I had told my parents that previously, which wasn't true. Like they had no idea. They just don't react to things. Yeah. <laughs> and I was trying to say, to, I was trying to say to the producer there, I was like, He's like, your parents clearly knew because, you know, they, they barely reacted. I was like, man, they don't even know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they're reacting. They're like, oh, cool. <laughs> just chill, mate. Yeah, it's just chilled. Like it was it was hard with that. But yeah. yeah. They want, they want, um, they I want- can see why they do it. But yeah. fuck, I was so clear thinking when I was in there, which People will probably think that was clear thinking, <laughs> what you were doing in there. But that's because they took out all the context. Yeah, they want people that aren't clear. Yeah, they want yeah. you to lose the plot a bit. Well, that's what the thing. And the problem is you fall in love because you're in this bubble and all you're thinking about is these girls. One. Oh, I'll give you another story, which I don't know whether I should be saying on a podcast, but uh, this one went around the house as well. So the girls found out about this. But, you know, you, you, you get a lot of built up tension. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, being in this environment, there's, no, just- <laughs> there's only so many uh, opportunities to get one off the wrist. And- oh, the old Mrs. Palmer. The- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, there's chicken Palmer going to go on astray. And the, the, we didn't have phones, so we didn't have an alarm clock. So the house parent that was there would come in and wake us up. I wake up and I'm like, geez, God, I had my blinds closed. I sort of look out there. I like, oh, it's got to be like 3 a.m. It's time. <laughs> <laughs> it's time. And the poor house parent, I just hear the door go, oh. <laughs> and there was no subtlety with me here. I'm not, you know, I'm not exactly sh- sheet the under. old chicken twisty yeah. with the house cleaner. That is outrageously good. <laughs> oh, I yeah. Mean, anyone out there going, oh, he couldn't have. I mean, put yourself in that put scenario. In position, nine but weeks. Yeah. But there were so many funny sort of situations like that that would pop up. Like, oh, and then all the girls are like, he's been rubbing one out. <laughs> and then they all found out about it in the house. Fuck it, oh, that is brilliant. That's a great story. I'm glad you shared oh, yeah, that. Yeah. That's probably the um, they're the, <laughs> they're the stories I love hearing. <laughs> well, because it's ones that people usually don't tell. Like people always get embarrassed with that sort of yeah, stuff. But I was well, like, you know natural. what? It happens. Are there cameras in every room? Uh, there's cameras everywhere apart from the bathrooms and the bedroom. Oh, so that's where you that's where you jerked off. <laughs> I mean, great tactical I place. To- the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was either there or the kitchen. So, uh, <laughs> was, yeah. Yeah. There wasn't you know, what Jed one day woke up because we sort of, you lose track of time. He woke up, I think it was, he went to bed at like 10, woke up, went to nap for a bit, woke up at 11, like goes and has a coffee and he's sitting out there thinking it's like dawn, like the sun's about to come up. And then he's like, oh, fuck, it's midnight. Oh, Like there were so many things like that. We just lose track of what day it is, what time it is. Yeah. I managed to set up the telescope once and they um, they ended up moving it and said I couldn't have it there. But we had a telescope in there because we were in this big penthouse and there was like a pool bar sort of area down the bottom on that like Surface Paradise strip where I could watch the footy through the telescope. Oh, but right. I had to watch it upside down because the telescope flips it. Oh, there you go. But yeah, I managed to cop, cop like a quarter of a Swans game. <laughs> it's funny how like all those things are going through Yeah, yeah. And you're trying to pick a girl and you're just trying to get the footy yeah, on. Yeah, I'm just trying to get the footy on. <laughs> Could they tell that I wasn't invested? What was the biggest thing you missed? Um, oh, oh, freedom. Yeah. Freedom. Just being able to do because you were really cooped up 
And like obviously moving anywhere, you've got to black out the windows because paparazzi people are trying to get photos in because they want to see what the girls are doing. You can't just like leave the apartment and go down and get something to eat downstairs. No, no I was just eating muscle meals uh, the entire time. Are you working out? Oh, well, you, you were meant to, but then the days are so long. So you you eventually just forget about it and you're just like, I'm too tired. Like some of the days you're getting back real late. You're starting super early. Uh, one of the guys, Tommy, worked out the entire time. He was more motivated than me, but I was just eating those muscle meals. I would have gained like 10 kilos. It got to the point where at the end of the show, they were like, oh, get in the pool. I went to a pool scene. I was like, mm. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, not today. No, I'm not doing it. At least, how about sleep? Did you eat, did you sleep a fair bit? Yeah, yeah, slept well. Well, the reason I slept so well was because I didn't have a phone. Yeah. Like I'm not sitting there. Like if you take that out of your life, it was so much better. Like I was like thinking clearly, everything like that. Like nowadays when you've got your phone there, you're just a little bit more. Yeah, you're right. The yeah, yeah. You're, you're worrying about it. Like even now with the phone off, like I'm not even concerned about it going off. Mm. And I do that a lot more now after that experience because I felt like conversationally everything, I was a lot better mm. the further the phone was away. It's, yeah, it's it's the easier way to be present when your yeah. phone's off. It's like when you're, I mean, it's not even anymore, but when you're in the air, you sit, there's no Wi-Fi, so your phone's yeah. done. Yeah. It, domestic. Maybe, but my international flights now, there's Wi-Fi oh. on the flight. There's everything. So you're just banging out texts <laughs> on WhatsApp. Hey, are we boys? Yeah, oh, no, nah, yeah, 10 yeah. hours to go. Oh like, it's, you can't escape the phone no, these no. days. I love, I love the concept of raw dogging a flight. What's that? Raw dogging a flight is when you go on without a phone, uh, nothing, and you just sit there. Oh, that would be scary. <laughs> like for the hour trip. Like that we, is, that'd be We hard. sometimes have like things that you fly anywhere, like your scissors, paper, rock. You got to raw dog it if you lose. And if it's like a two-hour flight, you're literally sitting there like, <sighs> can't sleep either. Time moves so slow. Yeah, you need, so yeah. One thing that's good is playing cards, cards or something like you that. You private now, eh? <laughs> no, no, no. We used to play Uno across the six. So you'd have the guy oh, on the yeah, court. Yeah, the, yeah. There'd be two piles and you just, we'd play across and you just yeah, pass yeah. it through. And mate, Tom, <laughs> you start playing for cash, but you'd always end up that the cash, yeah, just, yeah. they'd just balance it out. And in the end, someone would win all the money and you go, oh, don't worry about it anyway. Yeah. Get off the plane. <laughs> you know, it just kills time. Yeah, yeah. We had, just reminds you of flying in college. Like that was fun. And um, what's the One of my favorite memories or like the funniest ones was me and a guy, Venky Joyce, Australian dude. I had just read this book on Osama bin Laden and it was like, uh, what's the name? It was about the Navy SEAL that went in and killed him and stuff like that. And I've read the book. And anyway, I go in there, I'm talking to the next the guy next to me on the flight and Venky like would always love like a conspiracy theory, started telling me that bin Laden wasn't dead. And me and this guy, like the flight is taking off and we're getting this full argument about Bin Laden, like yelling out, like, Bin Laden, Bin Laden, like at the back of the plane. And then coach comes up. He's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, what out. are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. You're yelling Taliban, Bin Laden, yeah. like yeah, you can't say all that. the back of the plane. That's a, you, can't, you can't say bomb either. I think that's no, that's one. a, yeah, that's, it's probably one to avoid. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I, think, I think, yeah. Yeah. What's that term? It's not frowned upon. Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> not frowned illegal, upon, but it's yeah. frowned yeah, upon. Yeah, it's frowned upon. <laughs> Mate, our, um, our great friends here from Sports Where I Am, uh, a new sponsor of the show, and they are doing some special things. But before I explain who they are, I'll give you their 250 buck voucher. Um, so add that at checkout next time you go Jeez. to an event. I've got a little game here, so I'll just put the cards down uh, here from our friends at Sports Where I Am. Now, just to give everyone a little insight uh, to who <laughs> they are, if you don't already know, but you should know, you'd be sleeping under a rock. But essentially um, – Sports where I am, they uh, they have all the options for your itinerary in one place, and then it's Australian customer service team who actually responds. So we love customer service team. That, oh yeah, Aussie, 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 Aussie. But they actually respond. I was on the phone to someone yesterday, like you know, <laughs> just please wait in the queue. It's like no, nah, well that doesn't happen here with sports where I am. But that's been my biggest issue buying tickets to sporting events. 
Oh, more. Offshore customer service. Well, exactly. Solved. Yeah, solved, solved like that. And not only that, when you flip these cards over, there's a few cities here. You've got options to absolutely everything. Um, the tickets are vetted, trustworthy, and around the same price you'd find anywhere else. You won't find any hidden currencies, conversion fees, nothing like that. And they're actually like premium seats. So you're not just getting dodgy, dodgy seats here. You're getting like premium seats, nice, nicely priced. Uh, and the best part about it is, mate, they're Aussies and they're doing great things. They're, I know the, the CEO is based at the Commons there um, and the boys. So stoked to have them on board. Uh, and and it's, it's how good is it when you go overseas? I mean, you've been there, but your mates yeah. from Australia probably that do go, they would have no idea. This is the best part. You just head on to sportsram.com. You literally just put in the city you're in and it comes up with every sporting event from- Yeah, that's good because so it's, like, it's, it's a like. nightmare to try to find tickets. And as well, you also end up paying way overs when you go to tickets, then you get to the game and they're like 30 bucks and you've paid 300 for a seat that's there when the $30 one was there. Happens all the time. Yeah. I remember the boys went to New York and they're buying tickets yeah. at the front. Oh man, this bloke was so nice. Bought yeah. all these expensive tickets. They're all dodgies, yeah. mate. They rock up to the game. They've got no <laughs> seats. So sports where I am is where you want to go and start planning your um plants, planning your holiday now or if you're over there, head online. Now, mate, flip one of these over um, and put it in front of me. Beautiful. What oh. city have you got? New York. New yeah. York. <laughs> hey, go. Tommy Sheridan, your goddamn podcast van. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Keep talking like that. I like that. Shut now, up, they, asshole. <laughs> now, these are your options, mate, in New York City. You, you can go to see the New York Giants, which is in the NFL. You or get you can, mugged. Yeah, or you can see the Jets. Um, you can go to some baseball, see the Yankees. You can go to the basketball, see the Knicks. You can go see the hockey, the New York Rangers. You've also got the New York FC. You might be able to watch Messi playing for Miami now. That'll be going off. Oh, that's off. a big one. Um, you've got the WNBA with New York Liberty. You've got the Brooklyn Nets at Barclays Center. And then you've got New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC. And you've got New York Mets. So this is probably the best city Cock you could fighting, pick. I'm sure, somewhere in, in, the, in Harlem. I, I don't think Sports Rome have got that on the website, but you could probably find that in Harlem, yeah. Um, mate, out of all of those events, what would be the one that you'd go? If you get that Ooh. 250 voucher from Sports Rome, where would you go? Oh, geez, I'm a sucker for punishment, so the Knicks would be tempting. Um, you know what? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to a New York Rangers game because the only NHL game I've been to was a New York Rangers game, and I only wanted to see a fight. Now, I went to the bathroom and I hear everyone cheering oh, and nice. I'm midstream. And by the time I got out, the fight was done. Oh, yeah. Shit. And I also had to ask about seven people around me what happened if the game was a draw because they were all tourists. Oh, really? And no, no, one, no one knew what happened. It's overtime. Yeah, yeah, it's overtime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. We found it eventually. Yeah, yeah, you found it out. That's great. Yeah, well, the Rangers, I've been to one of them games and um, they go off. What other options did I have? Chicago. There's plenty of other options. Pakistan. <laughs> nice. Los Angeles, Las Vegas. Oh, plenty. WWE Raw. Now that's a- yeah, Houston. That's a good one. So, if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna head a line, obviously everyone you know you, you should know by now. But Sports Where I Am is where you go. Two hundred and fifty buck voucher from them, Jeez. Felix. So you are set, ready to rumble. If you've got any friends over there that are going, you can palm that off. But I'm sure you'll be over there soon for no, work. I do not palm off no. vouchers of this standard. No, you don't. You wouldn't be palming that off. So big shout out to Sports Where I Am, and simply head to sportsram.com if you want to book them. Um, Mate, so what's next with with your career? So you now um, you've finished up with the batchy. You've yep. you've gone in back into the the, the um, NBL space broadcasting. Is there anything else that you that you're um, doing? Yeah, well, I'm getting into the uh, the podcast with you know we'll we'll have something to announce soon, Tommy. There's a. Oh, yeah. uh, 
There's some rumblings going on. I've, I've heard that uh, some of the other podcasts are quite scared that we might be entering the market. There are. There are a, I don't think anyone knows this. I don't even think Brave <laughs> I knows you this. Say, I don't think anyone's scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we are, we're going to team up. We've got some cool yeah. concepts, but I think it's it's great to break it here. But yeah, there's a sports show that we've been working on for a while now. And we think that with your energy, especially as host, I love that you're host. We can get some special guests. I'll come on. I'll sit there next year. But we want to break down Australian sport weekly and give everyone a bit of an insight onto, you know, what they're missing out on. I think as we speak, it's hard on podcasts because they're, you know, they're pre-recorded and they're classic and you can consume them at any time, but we want something that's quick and it's in your face and we're breaking down the trades. I know as we record this podcast, (laughs) we've just seen Bradley Bills going to the Suns and- With a no trade clause, I may add, which just totally kills my entire argument (laughs) of what they were going to do with it when I saw that. I had sent a message to about, just to to digress, I'd sent a message, hey, people- people ask me what I think of the Beal trade. I sent the same message to everyone saying that they'll deal him out at the halfway point for championship pieces. And then I say no trade clause. <laughs> exactly right. So, but there, you'll, so be able to, you'll be able to break. Yeah, you'll be able to break all that down. I'm an NFL nut job. We've got the AFL there. We've got horse racing. We've got everything. Golf. There's plenty going yeah. on. So we just want to show, and we're still trying to come up with a name. We'll have the and name. We're not soon. inhibited. By networks and all these other nah, things. Nah, we can nah. say whatever we want. It'll be coming out raw. I give it to it. So stay <laughs> tuned, Aces. There's something coming. And uh, as the Oz American Aces uh, sporting club we are, it's time to really heat up this kind of content. So we're pretty excited. Speaking of heating it up, mate, <laughs> what a lead in that was. We've got our friends here, Milwaukee Tools. They've got the best stuff. Look at that. We've got the heated jacket. Now, I'm not too cold. Everyone's harping on about this Melbourne weather. Braden's carrying on. He reckons it's freezing. Don't give me the jacket and then say I don't need it. <laughs> Well, not today anyway, but that is, yeah, that's the uh, Milwaukee oh, that's Tool heated jacket in black. Mate, there's the batteries. You get the what are we here? The starter pack, the M12s. <laughs> Apparently they're called AMP. Like I've been yelling at AMP batteries, but they're called AMP. So I've only found that out about 50 that shows is, You in. know what? I was, I was going to pick one of these up later today. So bloody good timing, Milwaukee. Oh, mate. So you'll need them. But this is the real deal, this thing. Uh, uh, there's a, I mean, when we get it out, I'm sure you'll get it out <laughs> later, but little button on the side of the chest, heat it up. You've got three levels, you know, you're low, medium, That's high. actually good because it is getting to the, um, I like that you've, you've uh, have an overestimated me as well and gone the tri- triple XL. Yeah, go on the XL. And the I'll be XL, honest, yeah. that's something that I forgot to check and I've just plucked it out of nowhere. So there you go. I might go to uh, the casino tonight. That's a one in five chance. I might get back on the roulette table. I think I might be lucky. But uh, that's yours, mate. And uh, as always, our friends here at Milwaukee, we love to ask you what the handiest thing is in your career, um, but also maybe what your Milwaukee tool moment oh, is. Oh, God. There- I've, got a, I've got a 12-part series on Channel <laughs> yeah. 10 you can watch if you want to see my Milwaukee tool moment. <laughs> what's, your, what's the biggest tool oh, moment for you? Uh, I courtesy love- of our friends here at Milwaukee. Oh, well, Milwaukee tools. I'll give you a good one here for the tool moment. So I was talking to this girl um, that I actually ended up dating for a bit, and she's currently one of my closest friends. So it was all worth it at the end of the day. But I had planned to go to the Gold Coast and I was going to meet her in the Gold Coast, stay there for a couple of days, hang out. I was a development player at Melbourne United. So the only way that I would play is if someone got injured. So I'm at the last practice before they leave to play Brisbane, which I assume the game's in Brisbane. David Anderson pulls up with a hammy at the last minute in practice. Now, a couple of boys know what I'm doing and they're like, I'm like, oh, so I immediately pretend that I've done my hamstring. <laughs> And start doing a hammy injury and they're like looking at it and there's like nothing, no mobility issues there whatsoever. But I eventually end up saying, I've got a hamstring injury, I can't travel. So I'm like, oh, man, this looks sus, like that I just pulled up with a hammy right after <laughs> QE did. But then 
after that, I've so I've booked my flights to go to the Gold Coast, forgetting that the game they're playing in Brisbane is actually in the Gold Coast. Oh, it was a one-off in the Gold Coast. So I rock up, you know, I'm in my best shirt. I've got my ripped jeans on. I'm ready to go on this date. I'm like, this girl's amazing. I cannot wait. Team's right there. <laughs> Same flight. <laughs> that is a disaster. Same flight. And who would have thought that my NBL career didn't get any better from that moment onwards? So. <laughs> there you go, the Milwaukee yeah. tool. That is the Milwaukee tool yeah, right yeah. there. We've got about a whole podcast of my Milwaukee tool moments. <laughs> that is fantastic. Oh. oh, my God. So when you got on the plane, you're thinking, I'm well, going to go. I saw them before I got on. Like, they were all in the, in the, and what were in the thing. Like, did you see the coach? Oh, I, said, I said family trip. I still didn't relent. Oh, you got to <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, we got, a, we got a family trip. That Conveniently, my family is nowhere to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're already there. Yeah, they're at the back somewhere. Yeah, they're yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. the Virgin Lands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're in the Virgin Lands. Uh, you know, yeah. we live in South Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. We go all right. We go all right. <laughs> yeah, I lost my pass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is great. Like, yeah, they're yeah. good stories, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, There's that many of those because I'm definitely – Act and then think later, operator. Yeah. So you end up with a lot of those sort of things. We've got. If, if anybody wants more Danny Powell stories as well, yeah, we might have to do it. Oh, special. Can you give us one more. Danny- I tell you what, we need to do an Oz, Oz American Aces original journalistic standard hunting Danny Powell and see where he is today. Well, now, he- the last I heard, and this is legitimate, he was playing basketball in Mexico. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I heard. Mexico. And then, oh, here's another. I'll give you one last Danny Powell story before we wrap up. A junior college coach came to me and said, "Hey." You know, I've heard some real bad things about this dude, but he can fucking play. Was he a gun, was he? He was a gun, man. He was, he was a gun. He was best on the team by far. Yeah. And it helped that he was on steroids. But um, <laughs> best on the team. And I'm like to the guy, I'm like, hey, man, you know what? This dude's a nut, but give him a chance. Like, he's a good kid. At the end of the day, he was a good kid. He just had a, you know, a bit of a rough Stuff upbringing, that yeah. sort of stuff. Like, good kid. Um, give him a chance. <laughs> Second practice, he knocks the dude out on the team. <laughs> After I've given him the massive word up, no, no, he's a good, good, good kid. Bang. <laughs> Cleaned a dude up oh and he got my. kicked off the team. Oh, well, how many teams do you reckon he got kicked off? Oh, man, it would have been a ridiculous amount. Like, it would have, something would have, I'm sure something would happen in Mexico. It was just, you know, the nature of the beast. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just who he was. And I, I hope, you know, we joke about this sort of stuff, but I hope that he turns on, he's some, something's turned around here. But some of the stories are just. You'd be able to find it, surely. It'd be online if you Googled him when you can't nah, find it. No, no, no. No, you can't find anything, which makes me worry. Like, is he gone to jail? Yeah, Something like that. Can you find that? Yeah, out as I've well? got some stories for for off, <laughs> yeah. for off, off mic as well. Back seat, back seat of the bus job. <laughs> now, mate, you're a well travelled man, and uh, when you know Rick's eyewear, when you put these oh. on, I always love asking people that are well travelled where they'd love to take their crystal grey Tribeca Rick's eyewear with them. <laughs> That's what you're wearing, and anyone else out there, you know what to do. Rickseyewear.com.au. Get yourself a pair. Um, I know our Soho cherries are almost out, but these ones are. I like the, yeah, right I, I like there. these ones. These ones are hard to find. This side, yeah, like, the, the Tribeca Crystal. Yeah, yeah. They're one of our. Nice. Um, they're actually named after the streets of New York. Where obviously. would I? Where would I take them? Um, where, where, where would you? Our well, question you is where you'd like where you'd retire. But you know what? Like we can mix well, it up. I'd rather today. Just where's the where's the one place you want to go with the Rixies? I want to go somewhere where no one else has them. So I like to have things that are one-off, mm-hmm. like, like no one else has Exclusive. them. Exclusive. Like, you know, you can customize them. So I'm going to go to the Gaza Strip. Yeah, right. Do you we're, guys ship out there? We, we ship them worldwide. Shit. <laughs> but they might you take didn't do a, they you might take, order of a thousand to the <laughs> Taliban or something, did you? Definitely. No, there's definitely. <laughs> don't, don't know if we've had a sale out there, though. You could be one of one. No, I want to go somewhere where they don't have them. So I'm going, I'm going deep Middle East. Yeah, there you go. Have you been there? Uh, not yet. So not it's yet. a one. Yeah, so it's a trip no, that, that you're planning. That, yeah, I was going to go to the Titanic all top. Submarine issue threw me off. <laughs> where's a place that you would retire though in the Rixies? Where, like where you've been uh, around the world? Like um, you know, where's just the most 
spectacular place, sun shining. And if you had heaps of cash, where would you wrap it up? If with? I had heaps of cash and I could afford it, Dallas. I've been there. Oh, just love it. We played at SMU. And it was just like, you know, these pristine houses, like, yeah, classic. It looks like you're in a movie and there's like the kids trick-or-treating outside and that sort of stuff. Like, I reckon I would go rich Dallas. Yeah. Only if I had a lot of cash, though. Dallas is great. I love Dallas when I was oh, there. Shout out to JK and Kenzie. I was staying theirs. It's just a, yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's- it's like a concrete jungle, isn't it? There's a lot. I mean, the, the, the they've got everything. Like the Texas, you can you can moving through Texas is great because you got everything. Like there's Nashville. just a road. There's just like yeah. There's just oh. all those. What do you call them? The um the gated communities. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, just, yeah. That's it, what I want. That's what I was trying to say. It's just so different. I've never, yeah, yeah, I haven't yeah. really seen seen it. No, we don't market. really have it because we don't have the same sort of crime. Mm. So we don't require a gated community. Whereas over there, like there's sometimes I would want to live in a gated community. Well, that's why it's, it's so control. weird. Yeah. yeah. It's like, why is there a gate here? And it's like, oh, because, yeah. Well, because people crime. look at like like our society, like some of like, you know, we've got some areas in Paran which are probably a little bit dingy, like that sort of stuff. But compared to America, like you go to like Detroit and have a look at what's going on there. That's Turak yeah. over there. Like it's just crazy to see the difference. It's scary, man. It's 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 scary but exciting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, guys like us that would just fit seamlessly into the hood, <laughs> we'd be fine. Oh, wow. Yeah, I wouldn't know what to do. Have you been to Harlem? Yeah, yeah. So I got I went on a Basketball Victoria trip, which whoever organized this trip should have been fired on the spot. I went on a Basketball Victoria trip. If you did this today, you'd be gone. We had games in Harlem where, and like in Brooklyn where we had to go through, like the game was at 10 p.m. at night. We had to go through like metal detectors to get into the school. People were like, oh, yeah, if someone starts yelling something. We were like 15 at this point playing against high school kids. If someone starts yelling something, don't say anything back. Like we were getting like pre-warned. And even the, even the coach, like the guy taking us on the trip is like, why the fuck are we here? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? And then we, to get back, they'd organise us to get the train. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we get the train out of, like, Brooklyn and not, like, the nice gentrified area of Brooklyn. Like, we're getting, like, there's dudes on the train where I'm just, like, I'm steering right at the floor. <laughs> I'm right at the floor. I'm not looking up. The team managers should have been shot. Team managers got a bag of jerseys there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? Has to, has to take him to the laundromat. <laughs> oh, that is great. Yeah, but it was one. This is a wild trip. Some of the stuff we did on that one. It was like if you tried to organise that thing this year, like now, every parent would be oh, like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, especially with all the yeah. commentary around it. One more question with the batchy. Um, do you? If you went back, would you change anything? Oh yeah, definitely. I, w- I wouldn't kiss someone on the first night. So the fir- oh, did you go for it first night? Ian? I went in for it first night. Now I didn't watch a single episode of The Bachelor previous to this, but apparently that is not something that you do. <laughs> so maybe if I had done my film study, I would have been a little bit better off. But unfortunately, did you go in yeah. with a bit of tactics or anything? Well, the issue is, I'm such a terrible kisser that it's very obvious what I'm doing, and I'm like, you know, I'm real heavy with the tongue there. <laughs> and when you got a long neck like me, like you got to bend into it. You're yeah. doing the T-Rex. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking like a T-Rex. I look like an alien. And then the, under my beard wasn't cut properly and it was all patchy and it was just like, <laughs> it was a shocking scene. Like just a shocking scene. It looked like I was committing assault. So, <laughs> so looking looking back, no kissing on the first date well, or prob- first Probably night. for me kissing away from the camera. I'd probably just say yep. that. Yeah. Because I think yep. it, was, it was an easy hit. Yeah. But I'll tell you what else. People came at me saying I had veneers. They were like, turkey teeth, veneers. <laughs> I just brush my teeth, you savages. Yeah, yeah. you just got the Oral-B, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with the big chompers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Try an electric toothbrush. Yeah. Oh, that's Karen. good. That's a, hey, it's, yeah, Karen. That's a, uh, that's a compliment. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Now, well done, mate. It takes a, uh, takes a big set of plums. Um, 
and 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 uh, to go on those shows, and you definitely try doing it without them. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can empty them once every nine weeks in the spare room if you want. If there's a that's a cracking story. Oh, mate! Thanks so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. I'm surprised we didn't do this one just like holding hands because we're so close. I can tell you what, I wanted that head jacket. Is that the power photo for the end of the podcast? We can do that at the end. But thanks, mate. It's great to get you on. And as we love with the Oz American Aces, it's all about those blokes that have. Done some cool things in America, if they have, or, or Australia, but you've done uh, you've done both. So keep it up. Uh, like we said, there's, watch this space, guys. There's some uh, some cool things coming their way, and, yeah, we're pretty excited to break down. Plenty of energy in this room, and especially oh, yeah. if we add one more, I don't know who it'll be, but we might add, a, we might add two more some weeks, but there's going to be plenty of energy. So love thanks it. for coming on, mate. Um, loved having a chat, and, uh, yeah, we'll do it again soon. Perfect. Thank you. And thanks to everyone that's uh, been tuning in as well. We we appreciate your support. Continue to um, hit the subscribe button. Give us a uh, give us a share if you love these ones. Keep getting around us. Keep feeding in uh, on Instagram when we put up the polls, or even just in the comments on YouTube or on the all the all the uh, podcast platforms. Keep feeding in what you love because we uh, we obviously screenshot it and pass it to our guests. That's why they love coming on. But uh, yeah, right, that's us done. Uh, see you on the next one. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Tommy Talks, where you literally can't thank you enough for all your support. Righto, we'll see you on the next podcast. Milwaukee's MX Fuel Equipment System revolutionizes the light equipment market by delivering the performance and durability demanded by the trades. From the MX Fuel Cutoff Saw to the MX Fuel Tower Light, MX Fuel has you covered without the hazards associated with emissions, noise, vibrations, and the frustrations of petrol maintenance. MX Fuel Equipment System, equipment redefined. Attention sports fans, planning an overseas trip to catch your favourite games? Look no further than sports where I am. They've got it all. League schedules, trustworthy tickets, and over 200 cities to choose from, all conveniently on one website. Plus, as an Australian company, they know the importance of great customer service for those long-haul journeys. So visit sportswhereiam.com and start planning your dream sports trip today. Sports Where I Am, your ticket to an unforgettable sports travel experience.